0: right so we're back steve And we're back welcome right. welcome back oh, to your own you. show thank you hey i <laughs> i
1: you know what not a, not enough hosts welcome their their co hosts so i really yeah. appreciate how courteous you are and hey carlo the great carlo i want to welcome you back oh, thank you to, to your podcast this is uh this is of course movie food yeah. and it's it's the springtime man it's 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 heating up it's 420 and today uh yes <laughs> the the date is relevant <laughs> yes yeah yes it is sure yeah is 420 a date that you s- celebrate for various reasons
0: oh absolutely i'm actually excellent. celebrating right now oh beautiful, oh, <laughs> excellent nice i'm,
1: I'm yeah. celebrating but I'm, I'm just drinking a spindrift but uh, know, okay. but but close but enough it's yeah. organic
0: you know it's mm-hmm. from from the earth yeah yeah that's always it's good well good man um yeah i mean uh yeah the what episode are we on now like what number i think we're on 26 oh you're counting 26. even from from season one i was just wondering yeah how oh. many were into oh season okay two. for
1: season four we're probably or sorry uh, not season not two season four. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in season time two count. yeah yeah I, sometimes i do feel like i'm time traveling yeah um i think we're on like episode f- let's say five five or six of season okay. two yeah wow we're, that's we're, pretty we're good.
0: flying yeah yeah we're doing all right. All right. Yeah. And I, this is actually my favorite type of episode that we do, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't done in a while. But, you know, along with, like, we've had a lot of special episodes so far in season two. Like, we haven't really had, like, a regular episode. So we've been kind of, I mean, I guess the John Wick show was close to that. But even that, yeah. like, we, I, you know, I stuck to my appetizers being relevant to right. the John Wick episode instead of, like, what i'd actually seen so you know we're almost at the end of april so we've accumulated a lot so we figured we should do an episode that's a full plate of appetizers Mm.
1: that sounds really good carlo just yeah like i I kind of i kind of imagine this up in a couple ways one it's like a it's like a spring cleaning or like a spring buffet where there's just like a buffet of movies and we're just gonna sample we're gonna give everybody a little little taste a little sample of everything Some sides, some entrees, some desserts. Even I even like categorized my movies into those categories. So there's like, there's like three or four sides. There's three (laughs) entrees and three desserts.
0: (laughs) Oh, fantastic! So you can kind of choose
1: as we go. You know, whenever it's my turn.
0: All right. Um, Well, had I known, man, like that you had come up with this format, I would have done the same thing. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's perfect, man. Because mine was really just simply like uh, worst to first. Well that's, oh, that's perfect. It. So Okay, well, like, well, well, you know, well that that's
1: kind of a nice way to eat too. You kind of w- mm. want to get some of those, you know, yeah. sour tasting things out mm-hmm. early and then get right. to the sweet stuff at the end. So it, it, yeah, it can kind of flow where we can kind of call your worst chunk some sides. Yeah. You know? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I will say I finally created an appetizers jingle.
0: <laughs> oh, let's go, baby.
1: Here we go. It's time for movie food appetizers, appetizers, appetizers. It's movie food appetizers.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is some classy shit. Like I'm, it's like uh, yeah,
1: it's a little more regal than yeah. the quick cuts, you know? Because like you know, it's, that's what we're doing here. We got like we're this is kind of like a it can be kind of a formal meal. I'm imagining. Yeah. You know what I mean,
0: we, yeah. we gotta give credit where credit's due too. Like yeah, we're not the first. Uh, like. uh I guess food related show that, um, has done this, um, like regal theme. Like wow. I have to give credit to Monsterpiece theater. Okay. Oh. Cookie monsters, um, uh, masterpiece theater. Yeah. On yeah. Sesame street. It was fantastic. So yeah. Like, uh, you know, we're yeah. Shout out to that paying tribute. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Steve. Um, yeah, let's so do it. yeah. What is your favorite appetizer?
1: Oh, just in just just in general.
0: No, I mean if you could get specific, because um, I have a comparison for basically our whole smorgasbord of like mm. what appetizer it is, and okay. it's it is very specific. Like it's from a certain place, and it's a certain thing.
1: Okay, yeah. I really enjoy like a deviled egg. Ooh. I feel like when whenever whenever that makes an appearance at the potluck or at the whatever, and it's like, or it's like if it comes out on a tray if you're at like a Something there's something exciting about that getting that deviled egg. It's just like everybody likes a hard boiled egg, but it's got it's just Ooh. a little nastier, a little sexier. <laughs> okay,
0: I uh, I can't say I've ever had a, a deviled egg actually. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I've never been to a, a function that that served them.
1: Oh, okay, well, yeah, well, I'll we'll have to find one the next time <laughs> that the next time we're in oh, the yeah, same for town, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll like break into like a wedding or something. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. But, yeah. but so I have a feeling you have a, an appetizer that's, like, right at the tip of your tongue that you're really ready to, to share oh, and kind absolutely. of explain. And this yeah.
0: is a fairly recent discovery. I guess maybe they've been serving this appetizer for a while. Um, and it's just been so long since I had it. And it didn't make that much of an impact on me the first time mm. I had it. But the second time around, and it was also, like, a weird kind of deja vu thing because it, it was, like um, – an uncle's uh, birthday party like um both times when we went there and mm. uh, you know this uncle I just don't want sure. to talk him <laughs> yeah. yeah uncle ted yeah uncle ted <laughs> um and yeah so he um so it was both times his birthday parties and i think like 13 years apart like mm. so uh we went to clearman's inn are you familiar with no. that place steve I gotta, oh man I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna have to do a, a google right now okay
0: yeah yeah i don't know if it's a california thing but they're basically made these restaurants look like cabins like as if like you know it's in a like a snowy wilderness like i think of oh. like you know tall trees and that kind of thing yeah a lumberjack like who lives village there village
1: kind of a deal yeah, yeah so
0: it has that kind of vibe and then even when you go in like especially in the dining floor um uh i there wasn't as much uh, this time around but um the last time i the first time i went it was just like full of um peanut shells okay. all over the yeah. floor yeah cuz yeah. you, you basically get the peanuts uh, as the oh. like stuff to munch on the table and oh, you just throw the shells on the yeah. floor i <laughs> love that
1: yeah, yeah i love that kind of like yeah like old like beer pub style sort of thing. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah so um so, yeah, it, 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 it just has that feel. You know, it's very dimly lit. Um, and so when we went on this birthday party, they ordered, like, appetizers for the table. Okay. But none of the appetizers that they ordered matched what Clearman's brought out. Just, like, complimentary. Oh. And, you know, usually those are, like, breadsticks or bread. Yeah. So theirs is, like, some sort of cheesy bread. Um with like butter and <laughs> it's just like a fat piece of bread. And Whoa. yeah, I mean maybe it has some sprinklings of garlic, but yeah, the the cheese really is the the, the thing key. that you taste. And like yeah, mm. this is like it comes with the service and the the food yeah. that you order. like it's not something that you have to and it's so good, Steve. Oh man, it's like the crack of like appetizer bread. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how how good it is. You're selling me. We gotta. We yeah. got We
1: gotta make a a, a a real effort to to go to the the Clearman's Inn. That's oh else. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, we're we're near one too. So yeah, like okay. yeah, we can take you locally. Heck yeah. uh, oh man, why didn't we go there that that night? You know, when we I know that would have been amazing.
1: <laughs> that one, that magical night. oh yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I guess we just didn't think of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been good. And I'm sure they seem like a place that's open late. And it's a very that. like family place. Like a lot of big families eat there. So,
1: yeah, the, yeah. I'm looking at the hours, the hour, oh, actually they don't go late. Oh man, L- looks yeah. like uh, they looks like they close at eight thirty. Is that...
0: oh that is hello. I'm looking.
1: Well, I'm looking at the one in La Morada. There yeah. might be a different one.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see. Oh, there, there's there's okay. a few of them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, we got to find that late night one. Oh yeah, that's the one. Cool. Well, good. All right, man. So, shall we get started? Oh, actually, before we even get started, Steve, just like one quick yeah. thing.
1: I mean, yeah, let's let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. I feel yeah. like we're moving a little fast. It's like we have
0: all night. It's gonna be <laughs> <Yeah>. great, <laughs> right? Um, I I wanted to get like the origin story for you with with these appetizers because something happened that you had mm. told me in person when we met up that kind of I guess um, expanded your your viewing oh just in terms of volume yeah yeah
1: i just um after the top tens episode i just found myself i i don't quite know i'm trying to f- figure out the answer but i was just in a state where i was like keyed up on watching a bunch of movies like amanda the great w mass liberty shout yes. out yes shout and, out Amanda, and, and, and of course you the great carlo um you know, so many movies populated to like my, my short list. Mm-hmm. And then there were a bunch of movies that that we're going to talk about here on the appetizers that I was just itching to watch. And I just got after it in, in just a, a, a way I was just watching them. I was, you know, I, I watch a lot of things in chunks. So like, I can't yeah. watch it, but you know, I, I had, I had put, I think I had put aside the sports and I had put aside the podcasts, you know, that whatever time those used to fill, was now oh. like I would squeeze in twenty minutes of, of a movie, and then I'd, I'd get another forty at lunch, and then I'd get another twenty and finish it off at night, or you know. So I was just doing a lot of those. Nice. And I, and then I found oh, and then I think I also there was a period where I, I was sick, and that's always the best time to crank through some. movies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. Some some of some of like my favorite films that we're gonna talk about here, uh, I think happened during like a little five day period where I had some sniffles. Sweet. All right. Um but okay. yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm excited to rip through this cuz you have a pretty good normal schedule where it's like you you watch movies at night, you mm-hmm. get out to the theaters and, and and you're doing it. So you have a little more of like a, you know, a traditionally f- freer schedule, I would say.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, a, a, I I have done that like chopped up watching before. Yeah. Um and sometimes it works, you know, especially if the, it has like a very compelling like plot or story like you know you really it hooks you in so you want to see right. more of it uh um, yeah
1: like like even in that break i'm still kind of in it like man i wonder what julie is gonna do next this is kind of a crazy like you know like if right I'm watching, like you know yeah so.
0: <laughs> and you you pause it right at the you know right moment yeah exactly. and um yeah and i I used to do that but i think it actually isn't to do with like i guess um maintaining uh, my attention or like um, uh, trying to remember where my place was and how we got there. Yeah. Um. It, it's, it's really more to do with that I can't watch movies Um. during the day anymore. Mm. And when there's just like, especially, you know, California sunlight mm. pouring yeah. in, even with my blinds down, like the light just keeps, you know, pushing through.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. yeah that's, that's tough. It It is really nice. Like when I was burning through some, some of them, like, for instance, I caught up on the John wicks. And so mm. I, when I was like rewatching one and two, I would get like a good 40 minutes in, in the early morning before the kids were awake. And that <laughs> wow. was like really enjoyable. I'm sitting there with my coffee <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> headphones in and just John wick is just, just ripping through like, like a whole crew. It's pretty sweet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. And so that's mainly it. And then, you know, um, by the time the evening comes, I'm mostly open anyway. So I can actually just watch it all the way through. I don't need to, yeah. like, break it up because there's nothing to break it up, you know. Yeah. Um, I like that.
1: Yeah. So. But yeah. I will say I have definitely slowed down over the last couple of weeks, which has been nice. I think, you know, yeah. like that was a, a little bit of a unique period I was going through there. But um, and then I've also had this new thought, and I wonder if you ever had come across this thought of the idea of saving movies for later, and not sure. just for for like next month or next week, but for like a couple years down the road. Oh <laughs> you know, man, like,
0: you're look, you're yeah, you're thinking that far forward.
1: Well, yeah, just like I'm just imagining, man. If if I stay healthy, and mm-hmm. if I'm in you know make it, if I'm blessed enough to make it to my sixties, my seventies, all these great ages. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I love to like crank out like, you know, a TV series that you've recommended that I just never got to, or, you know, that's really good or finally get to apocalypse now, or finally, right. you know, wh- what whatever, whatever, finally check out the heat f- blu-ray 4k that's terrible or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, like j- just that idea of like, it's not a race. Yeah, I I want to enjoy these things. I don't want this to feel like homework, and I'm gonna save some of this stuff for later. And then it kind of just relieves me of whatever pressure I might be feeling now to like, oh god, I gotta catch up on all these movies. It's like maybe I don't. Maybe I can just no. like take it easy. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, and I mean that that's really kind of the conclusion I I got to um in our best of 2022 mm. episode is that yeah when I was just trying to catch up with all the year's releases. Yeah, Um. It, it, yeah, it just got exhausting after a while. And then some movies never made it. And then, exactly. yeah, it, it was like, I guess that was the turning point where it's like, wait a minute, like this kind of structure for, you know, the best of mm-hmm. list is usually what journalists are paid to do, you know, <laughs> and they, they get paid to keep up with whatever the latest movies are, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, it, I guess I do appreciate the theatrical experience, you know, we mentioned that earlier and I try to catch what's new because it's just rare that you see something good, you yeah. know. Actually, this yeah. week is unusually, um, like, packed. Like, I, I mean, you know, I, I have the AMC A-list membership, yeah, so that gives gives best. me, yeah, like, three um, reservations a week. Uh, and, yeah, this is the first time in a long time that I've, um, you know, I've booked all three reservations, and I can't wait for one of them to drop off so i can book the next one because that's how many movies are playing right now that yeah yeah i want to see in the theater so
1: that's awesome yeah i'm excited for you to see some some of these big ones that are coming out um some some with a lot of hype and some that are sneaking up so yeah that's good
0: yeah 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 i mean that will definitely be our next uh, appetizers for sure i'll cool. you know i'll report back on the latest theatrical stuff i've Ooh, seen baby, so. it's exciting
1: well, do you all want right. to kick us off with with us? Let's start with one of your sides.
0: Okay, one of my rotten sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I realized that. Yeah, I got some like rotten sides, and I've got some good sides. Ooh, so, okay, I like this. Yeah, and then once I'm done with all the rotten sides, I will have my uh, Scott take. So, okay, perfect. Yeah, and I'll, and I forgot to mention that in my structure too, that it basically all leads to Carlos' cannon. So okay, that's perfect. what I'll end on. Yeah are the titles ah. in my Carlos canon? All right, we're going to get all the jingles in in this one. This is good. All right, so first in line, um, you know, I, I get first crack at the scoop yeah. from all the buffet that we're having of appetizers. Mm. mm Uh, It was actually also the first new release of this year, of 2023. Oh. And this is now, like, I think in my top three, like, worst theatrical experiences and Whoa. I that's definitely I you know I will admit that definitely colored how I, I viewed this movie yeah you know and I, I in the best of uh, 2022 episode you know I, I relayed my worst theatrical experience last year and this one tops it <laughs> yeah you know wow wow, wow. Um, okay. okay so let me just say the movie it's Megan you know stylized well, with the M3 yeah. G-A-N you know yeah I, I had with- I,
1: I, yeah I had a feeling about. That. I haven't seen this one, but I had a feeling about this one. But I'm curious to see why why it ranks so low. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the the trends that I I really don't like is movies forcing themselves to be memeable. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like cocaine bears and other thing. But you never see anything from cocaine bear. Strangely enough, now that you know it's had its theatrical run, like it never became that cult classic. You know, like instant cult classic for people, and you see like them using like cocaine bear, um, like memes. Mm-hmm. There aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny enough, the one video that I saw about like just how terrible, like, um, you know, night scenes are in movies these days, or just how terribly lit movies are. That's why there's so many dark movies. Cocaine bear was used for that because it was like, I guess the finale of the movie takes place at night and you can barely make anything out cuz it's just so dark. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just um yeah, like there's too many dark movies and not in a good way, not like dark like entertaining dark, <laughs> like yeah. darkness. And I thought it was yeah. just me because you know, I you can relate. You wear glasses too and mm-hmm. you know, that that's part of the thing is sometimes our eyes aren't letting in as much light. Totally. Yeah, yeah. so we see things a little darker. Um, so I thought it was just me, but no, it's actually like a thing now. Like movies are way too dark. You know, they've been mentioning like even the, these recent, these, de- uh, Disney movies are, oh. um, yeah. Like, you know, uh, that are coming out the live action ones, like little mermaid and, uh, yeah. they're making and a that, Peter Pan.
1: And like, that's all yeah. in the color correction or like at
0: in post, right? Like, like it's not shot crazy dark, right? Well, here's the thing. So, okay. I might get a little technical with this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, uh, a lot of these these digital cameras that they shoot with, they shoot in, like, a format that's um, called RAW. And Mm. don't ask me to break down the acronym of what RAW stands for. um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, people can look it up. So it basically is kind of like the untouched image. So no matter what the lighting conditions are um, outside, if it's sunlight or if it's, like, evening it all looks the same and uh, the reason for that is like it it looks like basically I would describe it as it looks like an image that's just been really drained of color and it's really blown out Mm. like it's super bright so uh, when they they go through the yeah the color grading process, that's you know when they choose a lot of things and you know it gets made fun of like the piss filter, which I find really funny. People call that <laughs> because there's so many movies that look like yellow and golden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, the, that's what they call it—the piss filter. And you know, like I almost feel like Netflix actually has a standard like color grading, and it's across the board. It's like they have, like I guess uh a file that you have to like install and then you know it has all the settings for the color grade. Wow. And then yeah, they just plug it into every show that they they make, maybe even mm-hmm. some of the movies too. <laughs> okay. Um
1: uh
0: so yeah, so the image is just blown out, it's super bright. And so when you go through the grading process, that's when you choose. And because and this is it. This is really like the difference between like camera people who understand um, how this process works or you know they they have like um uh experience you know shooting in film and like you know they they've seen it all so like um th- those cameramen who understand that like um they they still like light it for you know not knowing what the final color grading is but since most cameramen don't understand that or they don't care and they just shoot the blown out image that's the thing with the you know there's that Imbalance of yeah. basically like, um, yeah, of it just being way too dark, you know? So, so, yeah. so
1: it, it kind of goes to like the digital people not being as good at,
0: or <laughs> not knowing, yeah, or, all- or just, yeah, or just not caring. You know, Ugh. because it's just like, yeah, the that, that raw image, I mean I, I got so technical though, I don't even know how long I was talking for. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah, like uh yeah, it's just like, well, what's the point of me lighting the scene if it's just all gonna look blown out and super bright anyway? Damn. You know, so it's it's Ugh. like yeah, the the not caring and then yeah, just the artistry kind of Damn. going down, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah. So that happens at the end of, of Megan?
0: Uh what happens at the end?
1: the the color is messed up
0: um i don't even know, remember how i connected the <laughs> the, the subject <laughs> oh oh it's the oh cocaine bear connection so the memeable oh that's right uh, movie and you could just see from the trailer for megan you know it's like there's yeah. all these bits that are just like meant to be memes especially the the dancing thing yep. and it, you know so outside of oh, just the movie itself you know re- disregarding the external factors that really made this the worst movie experience i've had this year and top three all time um <laughs> maybe even one right now wow. uh yeah well, it was just you just know where it's going it's so cookie cutter you know like they just dumped it you know um in at the beginning of january where nobody cares about you know new releases you know everybody's still catching up to christmas movies so they just dump it there and you know it, it's exactly what it is it doesn't like color outside the lines There's nothing surprising everything's predictable and then also it it skimps on the gore yeah i think it's a pg-13 movie yeah so so yeah and it needed to be r-rated like you know you need decapitations and all of that like i think that would have definitely saved it a little more for me if if it went there like it just went to the extreme with the gore yeah
1: it's like make make it more child's play or something but also at, yeah maybe they were trying to a, a avoid making it like child's play but yeah yeah that's a it's, that, a it's a tough needle
0: tough yeah it's a it's a tough needle to thread
1: you know yeah like what exactly. do you do
0: yeah so cool. so that, that was already the movie i haven't even talked about like why it's the worst experience oh yeah the what made experience. it, it worse yeah I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up so you can um you can say oh, yours no, um but, no, no, but uh, i like this um, so uh, I'll, I'll even name the theater that I went to because I'll never go to that theater again oh um, inject, inject. yeah <laughs> uh, and it was also because I was just in that part of town and it was the AMC closest to me mm-hmm. it was actually in fact in the same mall that I, I went to so um, it's the AMC Montebello oh, okay. um, yeah and if people aren't familiar like you know Montebello is like one of the satellite cities of LA you know it's like mm-hmm. heading east So it's not directly connected to the city of L.A. It's still, like, a few miles to downtown from there. Um, But, uh, yeah, so the AMC in Montebello. Oh, my God. Uh, And I don't know if that's the other thing, too, that I saw PG-13 movie. Because I've been seeing a lot of R-rated movies. And I I guess that filters the audience a little more. Sure. So I guess the ratings do work. (laughs) But, um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, this theater uh like basically we start hearing sounds and you know at uh, first we think that it's like people just whispering mm-hmm. to each other but then you kind of hear like the audio is different and later on it's just like I, I, I was just pe- putting it together I was like damn that sounds like an influencer's video like oh. on YouTube so there were these people sitting in the back and they were watching YouTube videos while the movie was going on uh god yeah and it's just like um and then so i you know i i rudely just like told them to uh but i kind of just shouted it i didn't like go over there and talk to them Mm -hmm. so they didn't pay any attention they kept on watching the videos and then you know it was clearly bothering other people too you know it was like this thing of like people were like looking around like what the fuck like why are you watching youtube videos so one guy you know this hero uh, decided yes. to go up and yeah he was just like he actually went up to them and I, I, I guess it was just like, like a group of kids but it sounded like one of them was like a full grown man like an adult and yeah. like he was allowing them to do this so this hero comes up to them and he's like listen man like you know we can all hear it like you know what are you doing like why are you watching this movie if you're just going to be watching videos like you're acting like you're in your living room and it's like I'm not going to tell you again just shut it off and yeah, they, they did. And you'd think, awesome. like, no, yeah, you think that would be it. But then, like, the finale of the movie happens, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's just basically the, the whole, like, battle, like, yeah. know, it comes to a head. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it because maybe yeah. some people haven't seen it and still want to watch it even though still I'm, did. like, re- So So, sure. um, yeah, they, um, the, the finale happens, and they start playing the YouTube videos again yeah, on their phones. And we can hear it again, and I guess, you know, people like especially that hero guy he had already said his piece and then the movie was already like you know we yeah. knew it was heading towards the wrapping end. up yeah yeah so it's just fuck it but like yeah when um after the movie like wrapped up like as soon as the first credit hit like people just got up and left like really yeah. angrily you know because these these kids and i guess like their guardian <laughs> Ugh. we're just like watching youtube Some videos <laughs> yeah i know it's just so ridiculous like uh, you know th- that's really it's not even also I, I guess i kind of blame amc for not emphasizing enough like these like disruptive things you do in the theater you know one of the best to really do it is um i don't know steve if you've ever been to one of their theaters um alamo draft house
1: no no i have well, not
0: I mean, they were originally, you know, ba- based on your name, they're from Texas, mm-hmm. and they kind of spread out. Eventually, it, it it took a while for it to even get to L.A. Like, I think they only opened um, in 2019 um, in downtown. Mm-hmm. And they have this policy of basically, like, you know, you one warning, that's it. So, like, if you're making noise or, like, uh, unnecessary noise and, um, uh, like, checking your phone, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, even going as far as watching videos on it, uh, if they they tell you once and then the next time you get banned. <laughs> like, it's not even like you, you, they, wow. they kick you out. Yeah, They just ban you outright from the, the theater. So that's how serious they are about it. And, like, there's a whole, like, PSA before the movies. It's really cool. Like, all their trailers and pre-show stuff is awesome. And, um so yeah, they tell you like, no, we're really fucking serious. Like you, you know, if you, if you don't follow the rules, you're gonna get banned from the theater. You nice. know, um, good. Yeah, and but AMC doesn't do that. They just have this like, don't ruin the movie. But it's like with all the other announcements and stuff, so it's kind of just buried. So people just don't think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not even paying attention. So, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it, it's really easy to goof
1: off. Like when if you're 14 and you're in 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 a movie theater, you you think you're the king of the world, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's it's bad, but it's bad news. Yeah, if you're if for the people that are actually trying.
0: All right, yeah. So not not all my titles will have this long stories attached. Oh sure, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be more pithy with the rest. But all right, okay. So what's your um rotten uh uh, like uh, side? okay Steve. i'll go with the, this is a side
1: this was an enjoyable side but i just don't have a lot of on it okay. um so th- this was a wreck of yours all my oh. friends hate me
0: oh yes <laughs> i f-
1: yeah i saw this movie this is uh it dude it's it's a comedy right but it's but it's a freaking nightmare <laughs> like i was just having the experience of like you know that that the main guy pete is having i just like <laughs> why is everyone acting so weird? Why is everyone being so shitty and like crazy?
0: Yeah. And it's his birthday. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he
1: starts to lose it and he starts acting, you know, like everything he says that could be misconstrued as an asshole thing does get misconstrued as an asshole thing. <laughs> yeah. And I swear, I, I feel like I literally, I did have at least one nightmare after wow. seeing this movie of being in like a similar sp- thing where it's like, Everyone is viewed, you know, like, I th- I don't know if you've ever had those kinds of dreams where it's like everyone is misconstruing what you're saying and you can't communicate well. And like, you're like wondering, like, why is yeah. everybody like, why are all my loved ones not- hating me right now? I don't understand. Right. It's that nightmare put on into a movie yeah, exactly. and it's still, it's still enjoyable. And, um, yeah, yeah. What was your experience watching all My Friends
0: Hate Me, because it, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a delight, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'd never heard of it before. I think I'm, my backstory of it was just that, that one interview that I saw that was, like, mm-hmm. pretend awkward. I didn't know that it was, like, a continuation of the the movie, you know. Because <laughs> it, it's the main actor, and he's being interviewed by a guy, and the, the guy is, like, kind of asking the wrong questions. And yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's good. Um, but yeah, that tone it just carried God. me through. And yeah, you, like you're saying, you're having these nightmares, so it is a horror comedy. I mean, even when you look at the poster, it looks mm-hmm. like a horror movie, you know, because um, it's like the shadows of his friends, like, looming over him, and then totally. one of them has a weapon, or two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that scene w- was intense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I mean, you know, the other part of it too that w- I felt relatable is like, you know, when you have kind of friend group and then there's like a newer person in that friend group that everybody just met and then everybody's enamored with them and then you just like think that they're not like yeah like (laughs) and then what happened and then yeah everything is like being favored with that new friend and then you're like feeling like what the fuck and (laughs) you know yeah yeah, it's it's really yeah it
1: it, it was a good watch but it was Mm -hmm. definitely like it hit me on on a level that was like i this is my nightmare as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: brilliant. More people should see it. Awesome, dude. Yeah. All right, man. Why don't you hit us with the, with another side? Okay, another rotten side. Oh man. Okay, this was also very unenjoyable. Um, Death Wish, the original Death Wish. <gasps> Charles Bronson. Yeah
1: yeah I I went back after I heard that you saw this I went and and just watched some clips I didn't watch the whole (sighs) film but yeah
0: so awful oh my god yeah and you know I'm familiar with these like rape revenge movies and like they're deliberately nasty and stuff but at least you know they're they're entertaining but this one it just really leaves like this awful taste in your mouth you know I, I think what I put in my review was basically that it's the 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 cinematic equivalent of throwing up in your mouth and then swallowing it again yeah <laughs> like that's just the the feeling the whole movie gives yeah. um
1: and, and and i feel like it's a really um famous title like this mm. is a movie obviously it spawned a whole franchise and a remake um it's like and you know bronson is is it was a thing that I was never privy to, I remember my uncles were really into Bronson films. And I think even my grandfather liked watching (laughs) Charles Bronson films, but I never got into it. And so, yeah, watching these clips, I was a bit like shocked, like, wait, what's the appeal other than this guy (laughs) just kind of like, just being a shooter, just like shooting everybody. (laughs)
0: And then the whole thing is that he doesn't even like spoiler alert for me. I mean, this movie has been out for like more than 60 years or or fifty years, <laughs> yeah. Um, like uh, he doesn't even get revenge right. on on the, the rapists. Like, yeah, the people you know? that like
1: did terrible things to yeah. his daughter and his wife. One of whom is of course Jeff Goldblum.
0: Yeah. I, oh shit. Sorry, I forgot. I do have a story for this one, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll tell yeah. it after. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm yeah.
1: Jeff Goldblum. This was, I guess, one of his. Maybe his first role, and he's his role is freak number one. And <laughs> he really does stand out. And, he yeah, does. he does not get any comeuppance, right?
0: No, we don't get that satisfaction. And I don't know if, like, maybe it's in two, but, like, yeah, this one just made such a bad impression. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't want to watch another Death Wish movie for quite some no. time. You know, I want it- to, like, forget that I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> what's cr- what's crazy
1: is like they redid it in 2018 with uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man. And then you know that got also the same accusations that the original <laughs> de- did that it's like racist because he's like killing black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And not only that, it's just like um a lot of, the director Michael Winner. There's all these stories about like how people hated working with him, and that like he actually enjoys. You know, filming, like, the the sexual assaults, you know? Cool.
1: What a cool guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, some of the crew members, like, because they saw him, like, delighting in it, they just quit in disgust. Oh you my know. God. Yeah. So, yeah. he was, like, getting off on this, you know? Like, the whole vigilante and then, you know, the, the rape. And, you know, this is the thing. It's like, um, you know, you're talking about, like, how you have relatives who, who appreciate Bronson. You know he has that reputation of being the tough guy, so the movies are always like about him being tough. Yeah. And in this movie, he isn't particularly that until like yeah, I guess he gets a gun, but that's like a it's kind of a nice like subtle message about you know toughness and masculinity and all that. Um. But yeah. you know it, he's made how many? I think there were four death wishes. Like that's how many they yeah. made. And then you know he was um. Uh, there's a the original two that was also remade. Um, with Jason Statham, uh, the mechanic, you know that shit. But like, you know, uh, what I know him for that, and these are the movies that I appreciate him for. Is um, one I saw like last year actually, or maybe two years ago. Um, Hard Times or mm-hmm. Street Fighter, which was uh, Walter Hill's first movie, and he's brilliant in that. And um, uh, of course, you know the other one. I think this was the first movie I ever saw him in, and I didn't recognize him because. You know, the mustache is, like, such a big part of his look. And in this movie, oh, yeah. he doesn't have one. So I didn't realize, like, but he has those eyes, you know, those, like, kind of piercing, sleepy eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of a contrast. Um, and it's perfect for this filmmaker because this filmmaker loves zooming into eyes. So he gets the zoom close-up. And I'm talking about Sergio Leone's um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm. And he's incredible. And I think his character's name is, like, Harmonica. Like, because you never find out. Like, he barely speaks in the movie. And that's how you know about him is because you hear the harmonica. You know, he shows up and he's, like, this kind of um, feared gunman in the movie. You know? And, and all he does is harmonica.
1: Yeah. yeah. And apparently he did serve in World War Two, So he he, he is a, a a badass dude. Oh, yeah, totally. He
0: knows how to shoot the gun. I mean, he, like, along with, like, Lee Marvin of that era, I think they, like, looked the best, like, holding, like, a revolver. You know, like, they really yeah. knew how to, like, position their bodies and, like, hold it in front of themselves in a way that, like, just, yeah, it was incredible. Nice. Um,
1: so, so I just I looked up there. There was a, another movie where Charles Bronson did end up killing Jeff Goldblum. Oh, nice! So they brought him back. It, it was it, it's <laughs> 1976's six's uh,
0: Saint Ives. Oh, so it's not part of the Death Wish no canon. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, so, oh, so, shit. so,
1: so, Jeff Goldblum gets his comeuppance as Hood Number Three in Saint <laughs> Ives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like so he's freak number one in the freak one and so, hood three yeah. so he gets downgraded yeah um, but yeah i mean talk about goldblum though like fucking almost instant star i mean he wasn't you know it wasn't overnight but it, it, it felt like good yeah he once he rose good, yeah. he just rose like in the 80s that was it like he fucking peaked he was leading man material you know, that kind of thing. So, I, I have a quick, like, Jeff Goldblum story I want to tell. Okay, it, tell. Um, Yeah, uh, I guess the, the source of the message is important, too, because uh, he basically is this guy who I feel is, I met, like, a real-life Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, who basically was, like, in the right place at the right time. He came up with something that basically, like, this guy claims that he came up with, with Nike's uh, uh slogan of just do it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and that like he only got paid like three hundred bucks for it, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I was in college at that time. That seemed like a lot of money for me." <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. That's awesome, but it, it's just like shit like this. Like he was right place, right time. He he even claims that he suggested that like Demi Moore get that haircut for Ghost. You <gasps> know, it's like make make wow. you look like boy. <laughs> I, I love I love
1: though. a guy that just lies. That's my yeah. favorite. Dude, well, that's awesome.
0: Okay, but here's the thing, though: that there is like a paper trail because he's credited. I mean, he's a he's a producer. He was actually like he he became like one of the highest ranked people in in Warner Brothers. He got up to vice president.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah. So I met this Jesus. guy and uh you know he had all these stories so he had a story about jeff goldblum (laughs) which was coincidentally for death wish and i think this was the big reason actually i i watched the movie more for jeff goldblum than i did for Mm -hmm. for bronson like because yeah i mean you know i like to see the beginnings of a careers and he's one of my favorite actors you know and even just like a guy as a you know the presence like you know his show what is it on nat geo and disney plus um the World According to Jeff Goldblum is such a delightful show. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I want to be friends with this guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, uh, so Jeff Goldblum was auditioning for this, uh, for Death Wish. And, um, like, he goes to the bathroom and then, you know, the this uh, guy, I'll just call him the VP of Warner Brothers. But at that time, he was just, like, a low-level producer. So he mm-hmm. was he was there for the audition, too and you know he i guess he was instantly charmed by jeff golden because you know he's like this tall lanky weirdo yeah. um and uh so they started talking to him in the bathroom because <laughs> while they were peeing and yeah. he was like oh what role are you going for and he's like i don't know i'm I'm gonna go for uh like rapist number two yeah <laughs> and then yeah nice. the yeah the, the vp guy goes like why rape rapist number two you know it's like i don't know it's just a random number you know like uh, what difference is one two, three? <laughs> and he, and then the the producer guy says no 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 don't don't go for um um for for two go for number three because number three is the last guy to leave so he actually turns to like leave and you see your face uh-huh. yeah so that was I the advice that. he he gave Jeff Goldblum and then you know I guess he he went for number three and then the, I guess he was just so good I mean he really stands out from the three right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they promoted him to freak number one. <laughs> totally, but yeah, man, early days and that advice that he gave—that was the thing. Like when, so when Jeff Goldblum walked into the audition, he saw that that guy actually who gave him that advice was the producer. Wow, um, that's cool. Auditioning him, so he gave him you know the inside track. Man,
1: um, and and what what in a what a first role. He's really assaulting <laughs> that woman
0: and like gets his butt out and is just like it's pretty gross. <laughs> it, yeah, it's. Oh, it's so awful. It's really one of the worst, like, rape scenes I think I've I've seen in a movie. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah just because of, of how distasteful it is. And it, it's poorly lit, too. Like, it just, I'm not like it's dark, but it's just, like, they just used whatever available light was there. So it kind of <sighs> looks like a porn. It just has yeah, that kind of icky.
1: Th- that's the vibe. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, man. Yeah. And normally, you know, I, I like depraved, like, nasty <laughs> shit sure. you know um uh, but yeah this was just a bridge too far for me like i realize i have my limits too <laughs> yeah you know
1: i hear we'll
0: all right on. okay so yeah i guess it's your turn steve what's your next um rocket okay. side
1: okay next side uh is memoria this was a oh. movie i finally got to this was one of your favorites from the year 2021 i believe if not the your yes top oh yeah um and I watched it, and I it, this was one of the ones I watched when I was sick, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Perfect um, sick movie. Yeah, and um, the sound is incredible, and I really yep. liked the ending. It's to, uh, it's still like one of those movies where it's like it's unclear to me what it all means. Still, I'm, I'm still right. I was kind of it's kind of a head scratcher for sure. And um, but I and so I don't really have much more to add to it, which is why it's kind of a side. It's just kind of like oh, yeah, okay. I, I think it's good, and I really liked. The UFO part, I, I think right. that's it. I, you know, spoiler. That, <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of which, I, I I made a I made our own spoiler alert. Oh, okay. What's spoiler alert. Spoiler, <laughs> alert. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, <laughs> alert. spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty clearly defined warning. Yeah, so.
1: if you listen to our last step, Jared was having an issue saying spoiler alert two times in a row, and so I, I made sure to kind of have <laughs> both both ones in there. Brilliant. But um. Yeah, spoiler alert, the uh, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a UFO that takes off mm-hmm. and that was pretty captivating.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I was I was totally in awe, especially because I think I I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of a uh, Peachpone Wersetocol mm-hmm. like, you know, or as he's known Joe for short. Joe. Yeah, so um I'm a big fan of his like I think even going all the way back to his first movie. Um he just like seemed like he was one of a kind director you know because his first movie is called um, Mysterious Object at Noon which is like an Mm -hmm. exquisite corpse kind of documentary so he has people like continue a story bit Mm -hmm. by bit like and you know whatever the story becomes he films oh Um, cool and it's black and white and he's just been such an innovative filmmaker like everything he does just is doing something like um, unseen or unheard you know uh so yeah he's very talented um and but i was disappointed with his movie before this that's what i was getting at so um uh cemetery splendor was i, I don't know everything was just kind of implied yeah in the movie and it doesn't really cuz his movies are are known for kind of like a big climax you know something happens um and in cemetery splendor you don't really get that you know uh, but there are some like really visually incredible things just like with all these other movies but this one was kind of like a return to form you know of just yeah. uh, I mean I, I think I mentioned it on our Over the Garden Wall episode like the first copy that I saw of the movie which I regret like now deleting is um, it had like a droning sound all throughout the entire movie <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so it was, it was the drone and then the boom you know when you hear yeah. that <laughs> that thing that that's yeah, it's like one of the great jump scares. You know? Totally. Um, yeah, it's just uh, and yeah, the, that scene where she's like trying to describe it to the sound engineer. Yeah. Of how the sound <laughs> is is incredible, you know, and the whole thing of just that sound engineer disappears all of a sudden. Like he loves like these magic realist things, and that's another reason why I think it was deliberate that it's like set in Colombia. Because you know Colombia is yeah. basically the start of uh, it's the birthplace of magic realism with um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, you know. Oh, okay, so cool. so yeah, there's that connection, and then you know the storytelling aspect too, especially that that really weird, well, weird couple of scenes towards the end where she meets yeah. the the fisherman is he, or yeah. A farmer, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, still love it, cool. man. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm due for a Memorial. rewatch. I still haven't seen it since New Year's Day.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> there's a big chunk in the middle that's a little slow f- for me, but I can watch the opening 20 and the last 30, like, mm. pretty easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Amazing. That's good. Cool, dude. All right. um, So, I guess it's my turn? Yeah. Sure. I, I didn't uh, even realize your sides are just kind of – they're neutral sides. They're not um, – Right. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. They aren't sides because I didn't like them. They're just okay. sides because, like I, like, I saw them. They're worth mentioning. But right. uh, but uh, but I'm sa- I'm saving up for the entrees. I'm saving up for the, uh, the, the, for okay. the desserts. You know what I'm saying? Sure, but, sure. But, but, but that's all right. That, that's because we didn't we didn't coordinate this whole thing. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I, I do good, have
0: though. stuff that's like that too, and on my list, the tiered list. So, um, all right. But yeah, this is another rotten one for me. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the movie that we're the most like split on in terms of like. I'm at one end of this movie, and you're at the other end. Like I saw your rating for it on Letterboxd, and I was yeah, like, "Yeah, okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready." Uh, okay, so it's yeah, it's another new release this year. Um, Scream Six. Okay, this yeah. is one of
1: my entrees. Okay, so oh so this wow, is good. do
0: you want to talk about it now, or do you want to save it for your entree? Um,
1: let's get into to it now, because yeah, okay. I think I, I, I think this will be interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, so should I say why I didn't like it? Yeah, I <laughs> because, think so. All right, I'll start with that. Um, Actually, the opening of the movie was fantastic. That That's actually my favorite part, like with Samara weaving. I th- thought it was a very, I think that was a more inventive way of like redoing the Drew Barrymore opening mm-hmm. than doing the Jen Ortega thing from the last movie. Yeah. Um, you know, because she you know, obviously survives. But you know, there's she, she, these rumors now apparently that, it's possible that uh, Casey might have survived the first movie. <gasps> she, you know, like they might bring back Drew Barrymore.
1: My God, that would yeah that that would take it a, a bridge too far for me. But yeah, okay, because yeah. like,
0: aren't her guts like hanging out of her yeah. body? <laughs> yeah, and she's hung from a tree. Yeah, yeah, it's like how could you have survived that? Um. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: okay. So, so you liked the opening?
0: Yeah, Samara Weaving's great, and I mean, I like the movie that these directors did with her. You know, um, which was kind of their breakthrough, uh, Ready or Not. That's a mm. really fun movie. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like after that, and then the whole, uh, well, you know, I guess put on the spoiler. Alert. We're gonna spoil this. Oh, oh yeah, here we yeah. go.
1: Spoiler alert. Spoiler, <laughs> alert! spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert!
0: <laughs> Robotic, yeah, uh, Jr. Okay, <laughs> so um, there's a fake out where basically you get revealed who who um Ghostface is like a- right In after the, the murder, opening scene, yeah, yeah, because it, it's not like one of those things with the previous movies where it's like oh they happen to be wearing the Ghostface mask and then you know um but they weren't actually doing anything wrong. It's like a, a fake out like that. This one is like no, he killed. He killed Samara Weaving, and he just took off the mask. So it was clearly him. He wasn't, like, some innocent bison. Because, yeah. yeah, the movie's also set during Halloween, so that I, I wish they played with that more, actually. That's another one of my notes mm-hmm. about it, was that, you know, like, the whole costume. Like, you, you get this buildup of the scene on the train where there's a bunch of ghost faces. Um, yeah,
1: but then it's clear which one which one yeah. it is.
0: Yeah. Right. It's just, uh, yeah... There, the, there was no tension for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't thrilling. Like I wasn't scared. Uh, I was just bored. Wow, <laughs> that's the whole thing with it. And even like the final like Ghostface reveal was just like so underwhelming. Yeah, you know. Um. I'm,
1: all right. Well, okay. So he, here's where I'm. I'm joining you. I'm joining okay. you. One hundred percent. I really like the opening and that yeah. first r- reveal. That like, oh shit, we this is Ghostface. Yeah. And. and <laughs> Um, and then I, I will also join you that, the, that the, the killers are totally guessable and that was really right. a bummer like the whole time you're like okay who are these new people I feel like it's one of these new people and I also I feel like when, when we saw Scream 5 one of the things I think I mentioned on that app was I was wondering when are they going to break out three killers like, I, thought, <laughs> right. I, thought, I thought they were going to do it then and so to see them do it here was kind of like, yep, here there we go. go. And then it turns out basically every new character was a killer. Every <laughs> old character was not.
0: Yeah. Cause that's the whole like rule breaking thing. Right. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, we're breaking the rules, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: And so it's just, and then the whole ending situation. Yeah. It just made that whole thing tough. So like, yeah. that's where I'm totally going to join you. Um, more of the things I didn't like. If you're not a scream fan, it would probably be really annoying tracking the masks and like caring about the shrine. You yeah, know, like, the okay, TV like,
0: <laughs> that was my favorite Stu Mocker. Yeah, the st- <laughs>
1: which uh, which 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 to me it's like that 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 you know Stu's coming back at some point or or someone associated. It was associated- rumored that
0: he was supposed to be coming back for this one. Yeah, yeah, or
1: or or or, or like the killer's gonna be Stu's nephew, or you know something, (laughs) whatever.
0: It's always that. It's always a relation or a friend or a fan. Um, and then
1: um, the other thing I didn't like, I really don't like how everyone is surviving in this
0: one. Oh yeah, yeah, man. It used to be
1: in Scream's that the Ghostface was gonna get your ass, Mm. and like. After a couple good stabs, like you're done because Ghostface yeah. knows what's up. Now, both of the um of Randy's nephews who are they? The you know, oh, yeah, the Meeks, uh, played by Mason Gooding and Jasmine yeah. Savoy Brown. Both of them, they keep getting stabbed and surviving. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I don't mind that Barrera and Ortega keep surviving. Yeah, but but then like um, Hayden Panettiere survives and Courtney Cox, I think, makes it through it like, once again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just. Um,
0: yeah, I thought that that would have been great if they killed her off at this point. Um, I would have been. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's good. Like there's no more survivors from, you know, the yeah. original movie. Yeah. Um, that would have been a great way. Give her a send off, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, even though I oh, know. Sorry, I'm, I forgot. Like they didn't cat. Nev Campbell didn't participate. Some sort of contract dispute. Yeah. Um. Uh. But she's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney's still alive. So she would. Yeah. Sydney would be the the last remaining. Yeah. Of, of the originals. Yeah. She, and, yeah, yeah.
1: She'll be in Scream Ten when they get there. <laughs> but um. Okay. So so here's yeah. I rated it really high because the first my first watch of it, and like the first like forty eight or let's, let's say twenty four hours after, I was like really geeked up. About just like the pace of it, the, I found the first thirty-six minutes or so really exciting. Um, j- just like what's gonna happen, I liked. I liked a lot of the settings. Like I liked that they were in a mini mart, and then they're mm. in a, a
0: bodega, Steve bodega. That, that tight stuff. apartment. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bodega. Sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I know. I- I'm, sh- I'm showing my, my my lack of NYC cred. Um, <laughs> That's all. Good. But, um, and so I, I liked all these little tight settings right. at the time. Okay. I'm saying mm-hmm. at the time of watching it, I was in, I was kind of enjoying it. You know, you get to to the end and like, it's not too long. I really liked the subway scene, you know, like I found yeah. that to be exciting. I thought I was getting all the things I wanted. Yeah. And then 48 hours after watching, I kind of realized, and, and I think I read your review that they didn't shoot it in New York. No, it was in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... and just kind of realizing, oh, they kind of tricked us. Yeah, like it—it it wasn't a Manhattan scream. No, it—it it was a, uh, you know, it was a couple, a couple things that you might mistake for New York. Yeah. Um, but largely it was the people you know running away and surviving Ghostface. I thought the apartment scene was good when they had to cross the ladder, the ladder. Yeah, yeah yeah that was,
0: i guess a standout moment too
1: but um yeah it's just uh so like it's diminished post initial excitement of gotcha. the watch so i'm a little so i i'm a little cooler on it like i like like i, I after the first watch i was ready to put it in the top three of the scream uh, oh my uh, God. franchise oh wow. and now i'm a lot more like wait a second actually <laughs> may, maybe five was better you know mm-hmm. like you know, 5 was much more like a scream. Mm. Um, and so I'm just like, yeah, I'm a little sad. I do like how fast and aggressive the Ghostface was. Like, yeah. I, I like that they've made Ghostface a lot meaner. Yeah, um, and then
0: the the mask was, I think, underrated too. Because it's like, it's yeah. a mask that like, I guess I guess that's what's revealed that they're a fan of all the Ghostface. So they've collected yeah. every single mask. But the yeah. one that's like most commonly used, I think was Billy's mask yeah. or Billy's like too. Yeah, but it, yeah. it's, like, the one that's already, like, crumbling. Like, it's already yeah. starting to fall apart. And I, <laughs> I like that. Like, it has cracks on it and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Um,
1: um, yeah, I will say, though, like, I've I, since watching Scream 6, and we even played this game the last time we hung out, was I've been trying to play the Who's Ghostface game just, <laughs> like, a lot, yeah. just in public. Like, whenever I'm in a public space, like, if I'm in an elevator or if I'm, you know, uh, you know, in a Starbucks or you know some some space where there's a lot of people it's just yeah. kind of fun to imagine okay if and, and and if you're listening you can play this at home um if just look around if you're in a public space and you just kind of imagine okay if this is scream 57 and it's set in this setting who is ghostface and it really <laughs> is kind of fun to kind of like size people up and to kind of figure out okay like yeah. This is the, the, the This person's the red herring. This person might be the actual ghost face over here. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but um, and, and then also you know, you never see a fat. I wonder will we ever see a fat ghost face?
0: <laughs> well, you know that that's the crazy thing is like the inconsistencies of the multiple uh, ghost right. face. You know, because not everybody's the same height. Not everybody's like the slim build. Like I mean, yeah, the biggest jump for me is is Jack Quaid and mikey madison in the last one yeah totally (laughs) it's like clear height discrepancy (laughs) you know different builds like you know jack uh, quaid has the broad shoulders and you know the kind of a blocky appearance Mm -hmm. you know totally yeah so (laughs) but yeah it's always the same person it's the stunt guy and then uh, the only person that's been in every scream movie aside from courtney cox is the the voice of Ghostface, right they they still use the original Randy Jackson Dude. is that his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Wait,
1: I, wait. Hold on Roger Jackson. Roger oh, Roger Jackson.
0: Jackson. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, all yeah, right. Cool. So yeah, that good. was mine. So even though you ch- you chimed in, I think it's still your turn.
1: Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Uh. Let's get into another side. Quick side. I saw. Um. I saw the Banshees of In Sheeran. Okay. And um. You know, it's a good it's really good <laughs> um yeah. you know I, I really like how it really highlights that people are lonely like everyone was so lonely in that movie but they didn't know how to like talk about it yeah and um and so i think that's like the big undercurrents. everyone's trying to figure out what to do and it just brings me up, brings up a, a good question of like other than the fade out how do you end a friendship do you do you actually break up with somebody <laughs> like it's a relationship i don't right. know like i've never had to end a relationship a like that it's always kind of just been a, a, a fade or whatever
0: yeah yeah i, I think i've experienced both yeah, um, yeah. firsthand <laughs> so yeah i've had like friend breakups and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i've also had like you know just which is the most common thing i mean this just happens especially if you're like living far away from each other and sure. you don't see yeah. each other regularly which is yeah rare still like even when I lived in New York um you know I had friends that lived there and they were super close like they were just a train ride away mm-hmm. um but you know we I, there's still some people I I knew in New York that I didn't see for months you know <laughs> totally yeah so that that, that fade is, is totally possible because yeah it has to be mutual and I guess that's what the movie talks about is that yeah i mean that's the 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 whole conflict is colin farrell still wants to be friends and brendan gleason does yeah and it's like it's nothing he did you know it's just uh, i just don't i just just don't want to hang out with you (laughs) yeah yeah
1: amazing yeah 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 yeah. like it just hits on that core thing You know it's like no one no one wants to like talk about because it's so sad but just like you know like are we truly alone is that really what's what's going on at the at the bottom of at the end of our story and you know everyone you know the, the people who are who are younger like the colin farrell character and his sister are a little more you know have a little more uh i don't know willingness to kind of deal with assholes or deal with people who are annoying whereas um, Brendan Gleason, who's older is kind of like no, I'm done I'm, yeah, I'm I, like, I, like I I yeah. need to play violin I, I need to be with the people I want to be with like it's too late you know <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it's just just a strange thing because on paper I should like really it, this should really resonate with me but I think that's what I mentioned when Amanda brought it up in the the best of episode was just that i I couldn't com- connect to it emotionally mm-hmm. like it just I don't know what it was there was just something some barrier but i mean maybe one day i'll I'll put it on again and then it's like it all just comes to me and i start crying or whatever you know but uh but yeah i'm just like there's a wall between me and this movie um yeah
1: for sure and it's it's one of those like maybe it's a save for later kind Mm. of a film yeah
0: yeah for sure i yeah i'd be open to a revisit in the future you know yeah cool all right man all right you so, my one, yeah, okay. This, this is actually this next run aside, it has like a, a special asterisk on it because uh, I will say, like, I really wanted to like it. It was the first movie, I think, new release of this year that I was like hyped for. And it's um, uh, Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, cool. You saw this, I did. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. Like, the I guess, yeah that weekend that it opened I, I saw yeah. it you know when it came out because I mean there was nothing we were starved for movies I mean there was infinity pool at the end of yeah. January um but uh before then you know with Megan and all that shit like it's just, like it was all duds <laughs> so yeah Knock at the Cabin was like the first big movie Dude. um and I was on board with it for most of it you know I, I mean one of the things that I like about it is that it um it just starts right the way you know, cool. there's no like, like build that. up, like that's all done in flashback, which I like, you know, because the trailer it makes it seem like it's more linear that it's like, oh, you see them go to the cabin first and they have good times. They sing in the car, that kind of thing. Yeah. But that is actually done in a flashback of how they got there. Um, so it just starts with, you know, the attack, you know, and the, the choice that they have to make, which I, I hate also that the later trailer spoiled it. You know, I like uh, yeah. you know the the first trailer of this movie was excellent because it just it teases just enough. Yeah, you know, but again, it I think this is my issue with M Night Shyamalan in general is just he um he gets too enamored with his concepts, you know, he, and then like you know, there is definitely some ego there where it's like he just thinks he's so clever with <laughs> <laughs> with the shit he comes up with, and you know that that's to his own detriment, and that's how you get like movies like um. Uh what's that one with Bryce Dallas Howard? Like Lady in the Water. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, it has its champions, but I, I I think it's it's such a ridiculous movie. And I haven't even seen it like all the way through it. But any clip that I randomly like grab of that movie, it's just like I I couldn't believe that they were serious with mm-hmm. that movie. And yeah, it basically wrecked the uh, M Knight's career. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like that was the downfall, you know, and then all of a sudden, he kind of uh, became simpler at, you know, what he was making and, you know, he, he pared down his process and, you know, did like a cheapie for Bloomhouse, And now he's back, you know, he's like because he was like once touted to be um, the next Spielberg, you know, like that's how big, big of a deal he was at that time. And um, and then I guess now it's gotten the better of him again. It's like, you know, that old Kanye adage the um you know the problem with kanye is that he knows he's kanye or something like that (laughs) that he you know that he knows he's a genius yeah (laughs) um so that that's yeah that's what i feel with m knight you know it's like he could be on the level of of spielberg or maybe not spielberg spielberg is is his own level nobody's ever gonna reach that but um you know he could be like christopher nolan you know Mm -hmm but yeah he just gets bogged down with all these things and like he you know he made changes to the book that i think would have worked a lot better if they had just kept it in the movie mm. you know um, so yeah it's just too bad it has it's got a great cast too like you know it's yeah. nice to see um rupert grint like all grown up and yeah i mean this is the, i guess the most painful thing about this one why i'm t- so torn with it is because i mean Dave Batista's performance is like one of the best of the year, and one of Dang. the best for him. He's that good in this. You know, it really shows. Like he has range. Like he actually has chops, unlike cool. other mm, mm, wrestlers. Don't beat me up. Uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing. It's just um, it's uh, it's disappointing. Um, it, it's kind of yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm about Knock at the Cabin.
1: Sure. So yeah i have a feeling i'd like it so i think yeah. so yeah yeah
0: i i was recommending it to jr too because i felt like he might like yeah. it but i guess yeah something happened he he missed it i when feel, it had I feel the like i have to
1: run. i have to watch Lay, lady in the water i <laughs> i missed it because of all the bad hype about it but yeah. now it's it's come around where it's like okay it's been 15 years i'm kind of now curious like yeah, it, like am I the person that would like it? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I mean I, this is the thing because of the I guess the M Night Renaissance. I I've also wanted <laughs> to go back, but my movie is actually The Happening. That's the one I want to <laughs> revisit oh and like God. kind of
1: you know because I rem- yeah. I remember The Happening. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was
0: when he already dug a hole for himself with Lady yeah. in the Water, and he just like basically you know patted the the soil. On top of his grave, with this one, he's
1: like. I remember people had a hard time with 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 Wahlberg in that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> the sincerity of the performance. <laughs> yeah, it's just. He's so <laughs> and you know, it was top, like yeah. it was also the big deal of like it was his first R-rated movie. You know, so up until that point, he had only been making PG-13s. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, I- I'll give him props though, because I, I, it's another movie that I don't really remember that well. Um, but he does something that I, I actually found really hilarious in the movie, and it's my favorite bit from the movie, and it's when they kill the kid. <laughs> like I'm so <laughs> twisted. Oh, I never. I don't know if I've mentioned this that this is like I guess one of my weird quirks about movies that I really hate kid characters yeah <laughs> yeah i mean unless it's like a group of kids you know then that's fine like goonies is amazing you right, know on an adventure like, yeah yeah but if it's just like there's this one kid like i uh, i find them uh, so annoying yeah you know totally. um i mean the kid in cabin uh knock at the cabin wasn't bad though you know she was she was fine Okay. um but yeah mostly i, I just really don't like kid actors so mm-hmm. uh when the character the kid character sorry not the kid actor <laughs> um so yeah when m night kills the kid in in the happening i was like whoa like i'm like uh chris pratt (laughs) yeah (laughs) good yeah that's amazing yeah
1: and Um, i feel like you've you've revealed this but what's your favorite m night
0: no i haven't revealed it actually uh, because it's changed um right now i don't really have one it's uh it's vacant (laughs) cool because i mean for the longest time it was unbreakable but then yeah. I I did a rewatch before Glass came out, mm-hmm. and I still haven't seen Glass. That was a funny thing. Like I did the rewatch, but then I missed Glass when it oh, had yeah. its run. I still haven't seen it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it just didn't hold up. Like I yeah. remember loving Unbreakable when it first came out. But then yeah, yeah it's. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Sixth Sense is due for a revisit. Yeah. I mean, who knows? The happening might become my favorite. You know. Dude. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm definitely a signs guy. I remember. Oh we were shit! Yeah, about... I have to see that too we're
1: talking about maybe saving that for october yeah um, let's do it yeah science cool dude all right so what's your next side
0: or are all right, we my moving next on?
1: side yeah my next side is kind of like three in one it's i okay. i, I, I re-watched the john wicks all right um, awesome and so i i don't have much just to add i just i uh, um well so i did notice one thing so this is kind of i guess a um I guess it's kind of a leftover because we because we talked about john wick four on the last episode. so let me play the leftovers uh jingle it's time for movie food leftovers all
0: right all right I think, yeah I,
1: I forgot about that one yeah i mean i think i, <laughs> I instead of one.
0: calling mine rotten sides i'll just call them leftovers rotten Lefto- leftovers that's oh, okay. <laughs> what these okay, are cool. so i like far. it yeah.
1: So um, we were talking about how John Wick four chapter four starts off with the epic yeah where where you know <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne asks John if he's ready and he goes yeah. yeah and in my mind that yeah was like two and a half seconds long and really <laughs> crazy, but then in watching the other John Wicks, I realized and I've, I've sh- i i sh- I shared with you that John Wick three ends with an even epicer yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that there was this whole bookend thing. That's incredible. Yeah,
1: so I'm going to play the one from four, and then I'll play the one from three because I got them in the soundboard here. Okay, so here's the yeah that starts off John Wick four. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then here's the one that ends three.
0: Yeah. I mean. (laughs) and you got that score. the drums coming in duh, 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 duh. da da, oh, da da and then it and then shit, it goes Credits. Into the
1: title card yeah yeah amazing yeah, so um and then yeah so you know obviously we talked about John Wick at length uh mm-hmm. John I just want to give my rankings
0: yeah we didn't do that for the last episode so should should yeah. just be like a corrections thing oh sh- oh sure yeah sure there we go
1: corrections and retractions all right there we go Final rankings a- after go. rewatching these: two, one, three, four.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yep, that's my that makes uh, sense uh, for, from best from from you no know, uh, no four is, four is really good. It's yeah. got some amazing. It's, it's got it's got our, our guy Scotty Atkins doing his thing, great stunts, the the dragon's breath. Yeah, but man, I really be liking the other three a lot. Yeah, and so i uh, i do feel like four got to their little to, to their bar but just didn't mm-hmm. hit some of the high points that those other ones kind right. of o- overall achieved as like a whole piece yeah
0: no oh, that makes sense yeah so what puts two at the top for you i'm just curious
1: it's got the it's got some great sequences you know it's got the music i think the museum fight is one of the best ones oh it's towards got, the end oh so good. it's got really good characters you know he has to fight common and ruby rose and then um the the final boss you know like there's always like like a money style boss at the end of these yep and that guy his name was do you remember think of that guy's name was Uh vigo was the boss of john wick one right who was the boss of john wick
0: oh oh santino 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 yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> D'Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he was like the best of the money bosses. Although I do really like Vigo from one. Yeah. And then um yeah, and it just kind of moves. You know, it's like it's only 2 hours? Like Oh, like, that's perfect. They weren't crazy long yeah. and and it's and it's slowly building the world and there's something about the slow reveal of the world that is a little funner and more exciting yeah once once you get to three and four you're fully in the high table world right and it's a little you're you're a little less surprised and a little less mm-hmm. um impressed i guess by it you know what i
0: mean yeah because uh yeah i love how in the first one they don't really take a pause to like discuss rules and and laws other than the i remember the continental like you're not supposed to kill someone like that was was definitely established but you know there was no explanation for the currency like all of those things and yeah the coins yeah yeah, and i think in the second one there is that conscious um like uh like deliberation to actually reveal more of the world and expand Mm -hmm. on it and you know like i think this is the one where they uh they include the homeless people right or is that the third one? I think you start to see, you yeah
1: you 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 meet the Bowery King in two. Yeah, yeah, and so then, yeah, I, and then yeah. in three you see a little a lot more of that world. than J, J, Jason Manzukis is in there as like yeah, a the ticking man. Yeah, yeah, that's such
0: a great moment the, in yeah. three. But I mean, yeah, the opening of three is is my favorite. I think of all all of the movies, like yeah, uh, yeah, the opening yeah. of three is just the the bang 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 like. Just yeah. the the chase, you know, um, into the th- this building too. I've been to, where they they have the knives, you know, that they're breaking out of the glass Oh my cases god, the stuff. knife
1: fight is so good in Parabellum. Oh my god. Yeah,
0: you know, it just doesn't let up until like basically, because yeah, the first he kills Boban, which is amazing. Yeah, in the library, fun. he kills him with a book, <laughs> which god. I also love. I know
1: three. <laughs> I know it's like I, like I, like three might be better than one, but it's also. Yeah. But I just gotta pirate rank specs it yeah. there
0: uh yeah I I uh, for me, I guess yeah, it, it like two and three can switch yeah on any given day. and yeah. what I feel with four is that it should have only been half a movie and like it should have been added to three to make it even more ultimate and just complete yeah, it yeah. as a trilogy. like I think yeah. I mentioned that in our, our our John Wick episode that like I think three and four should have been compressed into one movie.
1: Three is um, really cool yeah really cool characters yeah
0: yeah and you you didn't need an expansion because four just feels so uneven like how can you end it on four movies you know it's just three you know we know the trilogy like that's yeah. how it is yeah um so yeah i know uh,
1: it's, it's, it's it's i know it's like at that point you just have to keep it going like four yeah. would have been better if, if they just handed it off and kept it yeah. going you know
0: and yeah. it still could happen you know um yeah. but yeah that i guess that that's my ranking is basically um yeah two uh, No, i'll say because you said two i'll say three two one four yeah four cool. and <laughs> so, i, I yeah. like that good
1: well good all right and then i got one i guess just one more quick leftover while mm-hmm. we're in this uh keanu phase Mm -hmm. um you mentioned a keanu keanu quote from johnny mnemonic (laughs) oh nice i feel like we gotta do our our, we gotta pay the respects and play it so here we go this is keanu losing his shit from johnny mnemonic i've had it with them i've had it with you i've had it with all this i
0: want room service I want the club sandwich! I want the cold Mexican beer! I want a $10,000 a night (laughs) hooker!
1: I want my shirts laundered. Like they do
0: at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. Beautiful. Nominate that dude, man. What the hell? Like, the Academy really whiffed it that year. (sighs) Giving it to uh, Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. That's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Keanu was robbed. I know.
1: Once yeah. he gonna win an Oscar? Like, if 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 we ever do like a movie food awards, like mm. we'll have to give. That's actually a pretty good idea. We should do some movie food awards at the end of yeah. At yeah, the end of, uh, that can spice you know, like, up our uh, end yeah. of the
0: year show. For yeah, sure. End of the year app. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good. Um. So you watched Johnny and Money? What do you think? Oh, I no. Actually, I I have not. I just, <laughs> okay. I, I, I just. You did. I, 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 I just pulled. To... I just, oh, okay
1: pulled pull the quote so gotcha. that that's one that's when I'm, I'm adding into the saving category i'm gonna uh, wait until oh, okay, I'm like okay. it's yeah, like sure, really yeah, take your time i'm really ready with that one mm-hmm.
0: all right and i guess uh, yeah i'll just do like quick one-liners for my next few just to rattle them off so uh cool. jade uh i saw uh the william Freakin' movie and shout out to jade our uh, former guest who's also a big Freakin' fan Lin-Li. um yeah, it's, it was part of Criterion's um, erotic thriller program. So you know, I was like, yeah, it's oh, yeah. on there. Might as well watch it. And I like you know David Caruso and the Ferrantino is amazing. Like, it's really surprising she didn't become a bigger star. You know, yeah, because um, yeah, she was by the time of Men in Black, and this was like a year before Men in Black, or maybe two years before Men in Black. She was already kind of a peripheral actress. You know, it's just strange how yeah. it went from that. Uh, but, yeah, she's incredible in this. And, man, it has, you know, like, I guess if that's the rule. If, if William Friedkin is making a, 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 poli- a you know, a cop thriller movie, there's got to be a car chase. Like, every, yeah. every cop thriller movie that William Friedkin has got has a car chase. And, you know, like, I think when I did that uh, episode with Brandon, it's pretty clear that I believe that the best, one he's done is the one in To Live and Die in L.A., mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. there's a car chase with a difference in, <laughs> in the uh, in Jade, oh. which is um you know in set in San Francisco. So obviously you know those streets are made for car chases. You know you got the narrow like hills. winding roads. Yeah, the the uphill like you know you gotta do the car jump. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's gotta happen. So that happens. But the 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 funny thing about the car chase in the uh, <laughs> in In Jade and spoiler alert again I guess for people um, uh, if you still want to watch it it's not very good but (laughs) uh, the the car chase with the difference is that it's just a runaway car like there is another like proper car chase where it basically is like you know the cops chasing after who they think the killer is and stuff Um, but the 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 first kind of car chase where it's just the runaway car is just with David Caruso and it's like basically you know they sabotage his car so like the brakes stop working and that kind of shit so he's like forced to like go downhill <laughs> on the car and he's losing control and like this is an amazing thing and i guess maybe there i can already predict that uh, this is going to have like a reappreciation that it's going to have champions and stuff but it's going to yeah. be so like insincere cuz it's a bad movie it really is it's not like basic instinct you know which is same uh, script writer joe steros and um but the, oh man, like the people who are going to go back to like appreciate this are also going to start memeing uh, David Caruso. And specifically in that scene, <laughs> where he loses control of the car. Nice. Like I fucking was just like laughing so loud like, at that scene. Like just even thinking about it now, it's because <laughs> it's just uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, that was supposed to be one sentence, <laughs> but um, I ended up no, having some thoughts about it.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, no. Well, it's funny because like it, it looks like it has Chaz Palm Terry.
0: Oh yeah, and he's pretty good in it too. Yeah, actually, the the main leads are is pretty. He, good. Is he a cop in it? No, no, way? he's just like some sort of like rich dude. Okay. Because um, I was gonna
1: say like I think ninety five, he's also playing a cop in Usual Suspects. So right. Right. Two cop roles, which. Is yeah, yeah. The yeah. cop
0: in it is um is David Caruso, but technically okay, he's it. not. He's like kind of a. He's more like an enforcer for the district attorney. You know, it's that kind of thing. Like he has a weird role. Mm. He's like in between kind of thing. Okay. Cool. Um but yeah, that's Jade. It's it's not very good, but uh, Jade. yeah, but it does have yeah. a funny car chase. <laughs> um okay, and speaking of chases, uh the next one is The Chaser, which is a highly regarded uh Korean thriller. Uh Chaser? from Yeah, The Chaser. It's from two thousand eight. And I okay. just remembered uh, I finally got around to seeing it because I was at AFI Fest in 2008 and another friend of mine was there too and he said that was his favorite movie from the festival. And that was like a really strong AFI Fest too. I mean, one of my favorite movies and I got to meet my idol too from who directed the movie uh, Liverpool by Lisandro Alonso. Mm-hmm. That was playing there and that was my favorite movie from that, that program. So it was great. So I, it took me what how how long has it been 15 years <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to finally really? yeah go uh, uh seeing it and i think what uh, spurred it was basically that um i guess the director's working on a an english language movie and i forgot if it's like Shailene woodley or somebody's going to be in it so there was like some oh, big casting news oh god so i was like oh okay i i need to get you know before he hits big with this western movie like i need to go back and see this movie so i watched it and it 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 felt different at the beginning because it was like I like the how amoral the movie was or like it was just, you know, the the Mm. main character is like a scummy dude, you know. But then there's like a a killer going around killing his prostitutes. He's a pimp. (laughs) And and, um, so, you know, who's worse? Right. (laughs) It's like this, this dude who's like exploiting all these young Korean women. Or the one who's, like, killing them, you know? It's, like, they're both just bad. <laughs> it's, right. like, him rescuing them doesn't mean that they're going to be safe now. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. like, they're going back into their indentured servitude of selling yeah. their bodies, you know? So, um, I, I I, thought that was... Re- yeah, that was refreshing. But then it just starts following, like, the typical, like, thriller beats, you sure. know? Uh, I Oh, I guess the other surprising thing, too, was that they reveal who the killer is, like, early... In, okay. into the movie which was I thought, thought very risky like you know that they did that but it, I, I also like that you know when they kind of catch him he's not like this superhuman kind of like mm-hmm. Anton Sugar type who sure. can just like break out of his like cuffs and stuff like the reason why he, he's released again is because uh, you know it's like one of those things where it was a technicality so he you know, he can kill again. <laughs> you wow. know, it's not because cool. he escapes, you know. So yeah. it, it has like, and this is, that's the other thing. The movie really feels like it's two hours. Like it, it feels long. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was a little disappointed with the chaser. I can drag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's not Bong Joon-ho. It's not Park Chan-wook, unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so I got two more uh, of these. Uh, one is uh, I woke up early the day that I died. And I think I watched it right after The Chaser to kind of like, <laughs> ironically enough, be like a palate cleanser. Um, it, it's like a lost script uh, by Ed Wood. I guess he wanted to make it into a movie, but he never got to. Um, so this guy, like, I guess in the 90s, and this was like... Peak Billy Zane. Like, he was just in Titanic. And this was the movie he chose to do afterwards. Wow. Um, Yeah, so, you know, obviously, Ed Wood, legendarily bad filmmaker. But, you know, even people are saying now watching the movies, they're not actually that bad. He's not, like, the worst filmmaker ever. But um, then there's, there's like, a campy, fun thing. You know, like, I guess it helps, too, with the appreciation of the room that people, Mm -hmm. like, accept it more. So this feels like it. I mean, you know, Ed Wood was always making kind of campy movies anyway but what was interesting about this is he wrote a script without any dialogue so the movie's kind of like a silent movie um oh. and it's, it's very exaggerated too so you know it's actually got a pretty big cast but it was like right before they hit big you know but like so many like recognizable faces in it uh, yeah billy, it and, was sold on and, billy, and billy zane, zane shot this after titanic yeah it was wow. in the, his passion project after Titanic was That's he, made, wild. <laughs> he made this yeah, and uh, so yeah I, I was like on board with it like you know it's got like the slapstick comedy aspect cool. to it but what really ruined it for me and it, you know it has a super long opening credit sequence and the music is just awful Ugh. and it continues throughout the entire movie it's like the, the director isn't confident enough in just having like natural sound so he really yeah. drowns it out in score. And it's awful. You know, Ooh. and you know there is like n- there's still sound in the movie, you know, like they just characters just don't speak, but you still get like all the you know the ambient street noise and stuff. Sure. Um so it's not a complete silent movie. Um but oh. yeah, uh just not having any dialogue like I feel yeah, I just need to watch it either just completely with the sound off or um with my own soundtrack, you know, cuz it's just better. so yeah. bad. I
1: reckon- yeah, it has a ter- It has a five point five rating on
0: IMDb, which is <laughs> it's...
1: actually lower than Dawn's Plum. Dawn's Plum at yeah. five six. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely has that. It, it looks like a Dawn's Plum kind of thing, where yeah. it, it it almost looks like. Billy Zane shot this before Titanic, and then it just didn't get released till after or something. But mm, yeah, you're, but, but you're saying that's not the case. That's no, because really I
0: think he was the producer on this too. So I think he used part yeah. of um his salary from Titanic to pay <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: and yeah, it's got Ron Perlman,
0: Christina Ricci. It's, yeah, it's, it's an yeah. incredible cast. Like you know, and I haven't even gotten to them yet because you know, it's like the movie's kind of very episodic. It's it's also mm-hmm. trying to show, like I guess, like you know just one continuous day of this guy's life you know and he ends up in jail and all this shit like yeah there's some merit to it then I like that it's silent but yes the music was so overwhelming I didn't finish it so yeah yeah, I gotta go back um, and just rescore it and then my last one that's like rotten is um, uh, singles (laughs) oh man so disappointing. Um, you know, people especially because lo- people really like this movie. I know, and I, I, I guess the, there's there's definitely like a nostalgia for it, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm that kind of what spurred me. I kind of got some '90s nostalgia, and then I was like listening to Pearl Jam, like a couple of my Pearl Jam records. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was listening to Vitalogy and um, Yield, mm-hmm. and um, so I was like, oh yeah, I remember there was this movie where Pearl Jam's in it. You know, and then Soundgarden as well. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I got to see this. Like, you know, I love both of these bands. Well, Soundgarden a little more. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was was good for the most part. Um, Like, you know, Cameron Crowe's strength is, he's not really like a visionary filmmaker. He's more kind of like, he's good with his writing and then he's good at directing actors and getting good performances out of them you know so that's the kind of movie it is it's already like working on kind of a low key but then there's this thing that happens towards the end of the movie that like felt like it was so forced and like kind of deus ex machina kind of thing or is this like did you really need to have that thing happen and then the, the movie just like falls apart after that because it's just like it's such a forced like serious thing that's like put in you know because the movie's like fairly light and yeah comedy and then it reaches that point and it's like man like it's just such a downer and then the movie never recovers from it you know and it still goes on for like another 20 minutes um but yeah it's got great performances the cast is you know likable you know Keira Sedgwick and Campbell Scott and man it's so weird that the Bridget Fond has been in the news lately um and uh you know not for good things and you know people have their own sides about it you know because She apparently like aged naturally like a normal person, (laughs) you know, Uh, but yeah, she doesn't look like the way she did 30 years ago. You know, (laughs) that's that's not surprising at all. And, you know, since she's been in that spot out of the spotlight, you know, why the maybe she I'm sure that's a lot of things that actresses have to do with. Like one of the bullshit things is, you know, they have to keep up their appearance you know and it's just
1: not it's just in a way that's not very natural
0: yeah so um so for her to just you know and i mean this in in not in the most offensive way just let herself go you know in that way you know and and she was just focused on raising their kid you know that was the thing she's married to danny elfman such a Mm. weird couple (laughs) oh dang Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah she i think this is one of her best performances in singles like she's very charming in it you know it's just like there's this this whole like um, scene where uh, There's a couple of scenes with Bill Pullman that she shares, and she's so good in that scene. Mm. You know, um, the the one where they're basically in front of the computer. I won't say anything else about it because you know they're, they're, it's not really a spoiler movie, but sure. it's just like yeah, yeah. there's the pleasure in those details. And yeah, like uh, Pearl Jam was great in it. You know, they're they're basically the band that Matt Dillon is a part of. Right. <laughs> yeah, and they're called Citizen Dick. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they screen print their own shirts and shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, th- there is – that's a thing that, like, Cameron Crowe really did well. Like, he was right place at the right time, you know? Yeah. Um, and even with that, like, you know, th- that pivotal year, 92 in, in um, uh, Seattle, was basically probably the last year that it was what it was, yeah. you know, because that was the same year that, like, Starbucks went public. So, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So it became like this legit franchise. And, you know, this this is set in like the coffee shops, like the mom and pop coffee shops, you know, the hipster New York, Portland vibe. (laughs) You know, they still have those. Like, actually, that's the connection of a lot of the characters. They all work in the same coffee shop. And, you know, that's such a 90s thing. Like, you know, they, they the Ooh. roommates and then they, they work at the coffee shop, you know. So it, it, it gets that right because, you know, it, it's of that time. But that's also hard to do, you know, because you're still like going through it at that time. Um, and he really captured it. And, you know, it was kind of bittersweet for me to, to see Soundgarden because of, you know, Chris Cornell. And in the little bit that he does in it, like, I think he has potential to be an actor. I mean, he's got the face for it totally yeah and like you know he doesn't have many lines and yeah yeah he should have yeah there was a missed opportunity for him to to be in the movies you know um yeah r.i.p man yeah um but yeah so it it, it was it really captured that time you know it's it's brilliant and it's yeah the the cast as well i should mention jim true frost who most people know as prez on the wire he there's an early role for him in this too and he's great yeah
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, with movies like this, it's like if you missed it and they're, it's a movie that's really specific to a time period, yeah. it's almost impossible, unless the movie is just transcendent, to like get into it later. Mm. Like I, I remember, and this might be sacrilegious, I remember um, there's another movie of this ilk uh, that's set in the 70s. What's, what's the one that's set in the 70s that everyone always talks about with um, with McConaughey? uh sentence oh um days and confused days and confused yeah that's that's one that like everyone in my peer group in, who who saw it in our teens or in our 20s was like dude it's the funniest movie it's so great and i remember finally <laughs> getting around to it but in kind of a pressure situation where right. it was like people were like oh you gotta see it and like not liking it yeah and it's just and it's and it's because you know it's like when the pressure's on and it's like time and place and you know, the inside jokes aren't hitting. Right. It's almost impossible to get into a movie like that. And so yeah. yeah it's tough.
0: No, I, I get it. You know, I mean, for me it was like also because it's it's not set in a time period I can relate to, you know. It's it's weird that it's it's such a nineties movie, even though it's set in the seventies, like because right. of the ensemble cast and all these fresh faces that you know some of them later became stars you know it's an early role for he's so funny in it um Ben Affleck sure. as that asshole oban yeah yeah <laughs> and his good. his paddle says f a h q it's so funny but anyway yeah yeah it's definitely a movie that still resonated with me because it was like an HBO classic for me like you right. know i used to just consume hbo like mm-hmm. nonstop as a teen, so like that was always on, and you yeah, know I was yeah. seeing like the censored version. Not that there's like any like really rude bits in it, but you know there's a lot of cursing, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would see the the censored version, and I, totally. it still worked for me.
1: Yeah, like I I can totally get it. if you saw it young and you feel like you're hanging out with these people yeah. that it's like super enjoyable. Yeah,
0: yeah, and the soundtrack man, is just oh amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the music is good. Well, cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess before we head into our, um, close to, uh, closer to our entrees, I just wanted. Uh, this was a really long, like, Scott take that I wrote, Ooh. Okay. but I'm only going to reduce it to one line. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Scott take. All right. What's All your, right. Your, well, yeah. actually, <laughs> I realized, um, when I strip it down to one sentence, it actually loses all of its nuance. <laughs> it yeah. just sounds like a normal take. It's not a hot take. Um, but uh, you uh, can do the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's just uh, I feel like um, sports movies are better than actual professional sports at this point in time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shots and
0: fired
1: at you guys. Yeah, all and you the, know, it's all, like all the leagues.
0: Yeah, it's a circular argument because it's, like, basically, well, sports movies wouldn't exist without the real sports, you know? And, that's like, yeah, and these stories of, like, these exceptional athletes, like, they come from somewhere, you know? yeah, <laughs> And that's the source. But, like, my main issue now, I guess, no, I, I'll say this. It, right now, it's the, the best time of the year because it's playoffs for both the NHL and the NBA.
1: Yeah, baby. You yeah, know, yeah, baby. and I've been
0: enjoying it, you know, especially because none of my teams made it. So I'm, I'm like, enjoying from afar. You know, I'm not that invested. I don't really care who wins. It's kind of a um, relief. Yeah. Right. So you just, like, watch it for the entertainment value. And then, you know, I mean, maybe I'm, I make a pick as I'm watching yeah. oh, the yeah. game, Got you know, it. just, like, for fun. You know, it's like, okay, that's my ticket. They, they won. You know, so I'm not consistent with it, you know. Um, but man, like early on in these playoffs, like, and and I'm, I'm talking specifically about the NBA and the NHL. I mean, you know, there's one thing about baseball and I'll get to that, but, uh, but, uh, with the NBA and the NHL that like, you know, is so egregious is the officiating, Mm. you know, and I've always had it in for, for the officiating of the NBA. I I hate it more than anything is the refereeing for basketball games. And it's it's even like. I think a fundamental problem with the game itself like it would mm-hmm. it would need like a a massive change for for that um, because you know it involves giving the other team free throws you know right. and basically free points and that changes the game more than anything cuz you know you score more points so yeah, <laughs> you know the rest yeah. um you know so like yeah it's just and the fa- the whole like Scott Foster like Chris Paul feud in quotes is yeah. just it's gotten ridiculous. I mean, you know, like Scott Foster is just such a sus ref. <laughs> you know, it's like he has Tim Donahue vibes, you know. Mhm. Uh, even though, you know, no, nobody knew that Tim Donahue was doing that until he admitted it. Amazing. Yeah, but like it's just so awful. Like it's just um yeah, it, it's just the the missed calls, um the 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 phantom calls, you know, it's just like, man. And then this is the thing. I don't even have an investment in it. I I'm yeah. just like because I don't have any of my teams, so there's no bias. I just see it, and I'm just disgusted by it. And you know, obviously in the NHL, it's been an issue too with the um the the, the change the game last night. That's the other thing we haven't talked about, Steve. You're now like becoming a big uh, Kaniac.
1: Oh yeah, let's go, Kates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go. I'm in. I I haven't been to any games. I have not barely watched any Canes hockey, but just as as a local Carolinian, yeah, and uh and uh and I be knowing a couple of the players. Nice, but yeah. Let let's go. Hell Come yeah! Home. I mean, yeah, storm I like surge, I, Storm Surge.
0: Yeah, I like their chances, especially after last night's game. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was a missed call in that game. You know, um, there was an obvious high stick. Uh, yeah. And I forgot who the, the defenseman for the Islanders was. It was like Scott Mayfield or something. So, you know, mm-hmm. him getting clipped and then the call not being called. You know, the play continues. And then he's not back on defense because he got clipped. You know, he's yeah. on the ice. So, um, you know, the, the it, it basically uh, allowed Carolina to score their, the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah.
1: Referring is a big, in a perfect world... Well, in a perfect world, I I don't know if any of these sports would exist. They're a little too rough and violent. But but definitely, it it would be at least 50% better than what we're seeing because it's like, it's really sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I I joke about it because, you know, I mean, all the refs will be angry at me. And this is the other thing I actually wrote in it that is like, oh, man, all the, like, the union of referees might, like, cancel us. (laughs) Because of this thought that I have that, like, Why not just get AI or robots to ref the games? You know, when you're playing video games, it's a robot referee. Mm -hmm. And they, but this is the other funny thing they added that feature where you can challenge calls in NBA Mm -hmm. 2K, and it's hilarious. Like when they actually review it and shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, because uh, it's like sometimes I actually get calls overturned. Like I get called for a foul, and then I challenge it, and then it works. And it's just wow. the funniest shit. It's like That's wow, the, they even programmed the robots to make mistakes. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: it it's slowly coming in on baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see if they can get the technology good enough to call right a foul Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because I mean, this is the thing: the technology is available. Like, the whole fact that we can see, like, these things in HD and in slow-mo, like, why Mm -hmm. isn't there, like, a video referee, you know, who can override the referees that are actually on the floor, who are human, obviously, and sometimes they might not be looking in the right direction, you know? Um, But you have cameras everywhere. There should just, I mean, just, like, how they have the review room for, like, you know, calls when they're, like, reviewing goals or even in the NBA, you know, like, fouls and shit, like... Can't they be active during the game, not just when it's like that special like challenge time that they're actually actively watching the game to see if like there's missed calls and stuff. And like they can immediately point it out to the the refs on the the court or the ice and then tell them, hey, that that was a foul, you know, because I mean, one of the biggest controversies in uh, that happened this season was the missed call on LeBron Mm -hmm. when Jason Tatum fouled him, you know, that could have won them the game. But again, it's just this whole thing of like I hate games being decided on free throws, you know. Like yeah. I want it to be like a beatdown or like a, you know, like a last second shot, like a buzzer beater. There's nothing better. Than yeah, that. I mean, yeah. well,
1: well, it's, there, there's just nothing that's uh, more annoying to see than someone complaining about a foul, even if right. it's your your team <laughs> exactly. is doing it. It's just it just doesn't look good. It looks mm. petty. Yeah. It's like if there's any way to re- have less of that, it's yeah. like we got to move that way because it just yeah. does not look good.
0: Yeah. I, I love how we, we really shoehorn sports into this movie podcast. But I'll, I'll tie it in. So, yeah, this is just to wrap it up. That's really it. I'm, I'm just salty about professional sports right now. I so like I'm it. I'm saying sports movies are better because it's like it's set up. You know that everything's going to happen the way it is. That ref deliberately calls it that way. You know, mm. um, even though the real drama is from what you're seeing there. And, you know, like, I feel like m- not all sports are created equally s- cinematically. You know, like, I-, I think, yeah, one of my picks later on actually relates to it is boxing. You know, like, that's mm. the best, like, cinematic sport, I think. Like, it's perfect for yeah, it. Yeah, so. totally. Well, all good. right. Good. Okay, so are we moving on? Entrees? I think we're ready
1: for, we're ready for some entrees. Right, yeah, let's man. Let's go. Uh, okay i'm gonna dig into an entree here and i think you you've seen this one or at least you've mentioned it uh let's talk a little infinity pool oh okay okay so this of course came out at the beginning of the year it's got our guy scars guard hell he's yeah. kind of like he's become sort of like the movie food ambassador at this point i feel oh, like yeah. you know we, we've covered many a scars guard uh you know yeah. and um
0: I love how busy he is. He's he's in succession too, you know. It's like, a oh, and that's plays right. a major role. He's Mattson in succession. So he's doing that along with these movies. So pretty he's good. He's a real star. He's mm-hmm. a real
1: star. but it also like he's he's picking some interesting roles, which yep. I I, th- I think is pretty Absolutely. cool because he could totally be going the Hemsworth MCU route, you know. Um Absolutely.
0: And I mean, you know, he was Tarzan and you saw, you know, his body oh, yeah. then and then obviously in, in Northman that's but, right uh, but yeah i like that he's yeah. picking like these weird yeah projects and then you know he's also playing against his type because he could be you know that muscular uh you know viking in northman but then here he's kind of pathetic
1: yeah yeah he well he kind of has a little bit of that hunched over thing yeah. from the Northmen, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the character isn't hiding that he's yeah the, he isn't hiding that he's a viking he's actually kind of a a, a weenie, yeah. and um, so this movie obviously it's freaking insane. Yeah. Um, like I was trying to think about it, it's like if you dropped the Big Little Lies cast into a Rob Zombie movie. Ooh,
0: okay, I like that. I like that. You know, comment. where it's like yeah.
1: it's it's like you get some good looking people, but then it's just like creeped out. And yeah, I don't know, but it it de- definitely had me start like I really like this like Infinity Pool crew that he ends up rolling with. Like they, they seem like a lot of. A lot of fun and, like, right. I don't know, like, how would you feel about getting into, like, an infinity pool crew like that?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had, actually, this movie, strangely enough, was uh, relatable. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, I've Whoa. never been, uh, like, arrested and, like, you know, executed several times or uh, a <laughs> clone of me is executed <laughs> and you watch it for entertainment. Or get through a loophole, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, th- I've had like holidays where I just like get involved with people. Especially when I was a kid, it was just easy for that to happen. You know, you just fall in with the other kids who are, you know, their parents also took them on vacation somewhere. You know, right? um yeah, so, yeah that, that would happen to me. And then you know, we we'd get up to like some hijinks. <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's like kid stuff. It's not. I yeah, that's why I'm saying. I guess that's where the line is, because you know. We'll, I've never gotten into something like that as an adult, you know. Yeah.
1: This is like mm. the ultimate adult hijinks kind of <laughs> yeah. like vacation. It's yeah. it's ab- it's it's wild. Yeah. I and- love
0: the masks too that they wear. Oh man. And it's you see it in the trailer, you know, the mm-hmm. different masks. It's just uh Yeah.
1: yeah. And like I'm definitely late to the party when it comes to Mia Goth. Like, mm. like I think it was it was either you and Amanda or yeah, I think you guys were, were ripping through a bunch of Mia Goth films. Yeah, because she's and been in, them.
0: in X and Pearl last year. Yeah. And so yeah, she yeah her star is at a high right now. She
1: is a presence, and she is creepy as hell, <laughs> and all that, but also awesome. Yeah. And. um Man, at the end when she's like really freaking out on Skarsgård, it's like really scary. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you get a hint of it in the trailer too of her laugh. Um, But yeah, yeah, just, um, yeah. I love that she keeps this consistent look throughout all her movies, you know, the no eyebrows thing. Right. You know, because I was looking it up and it's not a condition. It's like that's just how she has her eyebrows like you My know g- but
1: that's what it is
0: yeah. yeah so it makes her really freaky but then also like there's a through line with all the the performances because of that look even though you know they play around with it with x um i won't spoil it for you because i think you would mm-hmm. enjoy x actually i um, you know
1: what? i think i did see x oh you did that, you did i, I think yeah, yeah so you know I, that
0: she's playing the dual roles right yeah yeah, yeah she's, she's the playing the old yeah pearl lady too. Yeah, yeah 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 so um but yeah you know at least they play around with that idea because i was just like so confused i was like who was playing that old lady you know? yeah <laughs> like, I, I i had this inkling that it was like somebody under old lady makeup that it wasn't an actual old sure. lady you know but uh yeah she was brilliant you know so okay. um yeah and i think um I'll, what i'll say I, I still need to rewatch it again i have the uncut version on deck so i want to see that because i saw it in the theater with just the r rating x or x or infinity um, pool Infinity pool. yeah because yeah. infinity pool actually has a i think yeah there's a nc17 but they're now calling it uncut okay. and okay. um yeah I, i'll have clearer ideas but it's already like a high early highlight for me this year for yeah. sure yeah,
1: yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those movies where it's like I was like, man, this movie is awesome, but I don't like it. But it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I
0: get that sentiment too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I also feel a bit mixed about it. You know, but it's just yeah, there's, it's unique. You know, it's it, I I was never bored. You know, it was like um, yeah, no, the, yeah. So
1: and the ending's a little like, wait, what is this? like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is he? It, does he not want to go back to his life? Right. Or is, does he just want to keep doing the infinity pool stuff? Like, what's like, what's happening?
0: Yeah, and um, the, that, that was like leaning into the you know the terror mm-hmm. tourism aspect of it. You know, just like every terrifying thing. Even like the bureaucracy with the the passport is like so tense. You know. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. oh <laughs>
1: God, it's like it's both a nightmare and fun. But it's yeah. fun to see Skarsgård kind of go through it it's like, yeah all right, for sure it's yeah he's right. great cool dude
0: all right um okay so i'm gonna rattle off um several in one because i also just want to get through them quicker they don't deserve that's kind of your fun. style like like yeah you kind of
1: have that style which is good i like
0: yeah it. yeah so this is gonna be rapid fire because this these movies are also my mid entrees like they're the you okay. know the pre-entree sort of because they, they were good i enjoyed them but it's just like they had some sort of flaw that kind of you know, didn't allow me to put it over the top, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, so the first one tying into sports and hockey, sudden death, which was like Ooh. a long time, you know, must watch for me. And, you know, I've, I've kind of been going on this track of rewatching uh, Stalo- or watching for the first time, like Stallone and Van Damme movies and also Steven Seagal. And there might be something along those lines that might pay off for that <laughs> with the uh-huh. Seagal stuff. But, um, but, yeah, so, you know, I've been going through them, and, you know, it's a hockey movie. It, it has actual hockey players in it, and they actually shot it at the Igloo, which was the old um, Penguin's right. um, rink. And it, it gets all the hockey stuff right, you know, like the the yeah. mood of it, like, you know, just um, the fans were clearly real fans. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, they, they actually got the guys who are still the commentators for the penguins to be in it you know and mike lang is notorious because he has like all these stupid like sayings like he says like (laughs) scratch my back with a hacksaw you know it's like he says stuff like that um but yeah it's amazing that he was like the you know the play-by-play guy when you know it was super mario and you know uh jagger like both um Uh, you know winning Stanley Cups back to back and then he was there for Sidney Crosby you know winning three cups Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like he's been there for ages Um, man he experienced two penguins dynasties but yeah just going back to the movie it's just it's silly it could have been even more sillier I would have loved it it was just more absurd I mean the best scene is the one that everybody talks about where uh, Van Damme fights uh, Iceberg the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, mascot who's a penguin yeah uh, in a hockey jersey, <laughs> it's it's a great fight, you know. It's um, uh, and I think that's the first time in the movie like you don't even see Van Dam do Van Damme shit for like almost an hour into the wow. movie. Yeah, and it's a two hour movie, and it's just like man, like so yeah. And that's one of the first times you really see him like kick ass, and he gets his ass kicked too. Cool. <laughs> So, yeah, sudden death, you know, enjoyable enough, but could have been crazier. It would have been a classic. And, you know, it's it's along those lines that we were talking about with action movies. Like, it's a diehard thing. So, it's die hard in a hockey rink. And during Game 7, by the way, of the Stanley Cup final. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> Penguins That's against cool Blackhawks. Yeah. Let's see, what year did it come out? Because I just uh, remember. Oh, 95. Yeah, Jesus. man. That
0: was also the reason why they were able to shoot at the Igloo was because it was like the lockout shortened year. All right. So they yeah. were able to, to shoot in the igloo empty. And actually, mm-hmm. that was, I think, their problem. They couldn't fill it to capacity. And mm-hmm. now that it's, like, in HD, like, you can kind of see, see that it. some of the
1: fans are just cardboard yeah. cutouts. This is when I was, like, super into hockey. I remember oh, this, yeah. be, this being a talking point, like, on the shows that, that that they were shooting this, you know, like, like before it came out. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: yeah. yeah. So yeah, I all mean, well, fairly enjoyable. And then uh, my next one is um, Clean Slate, which is a uh, amnesia detective comedy with Dana Carvey. And oh. yeah, ninety four. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was like a, a movie that basically like um, it, it's a tweener for me. It's almost like a a real Andre, but the thing about it is, there's nothing that really makes me want to see it again. Funnily enough, even though it's a movie about amnesia, which is one of my favorite, like, motifs in movies. Um, And, yeah, that's the fact that he's a detective. And, you know, obviously it brings back, uh, like, it makes you think of Memento (laughs) as well. You know, that he's investigating this thing, but he has a memory problem. Um, And it has, like, a lot of funny details. Like, he has a dog that has a depth perception problem. And he wears, like, an eye patch. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah there's a, there's just all these things and it's a great LA movie like he lives on the Venice boardwalk like he, he has like my dream apartment like it's a rooftop like apartment um, that has a you know it has an office at the front and then like his residence in the back nice yeah so um, yeah it, it's a fun movie and you know it's got a really attractive cast aside from Dana Carvey and you know they, Dana Carvey can carry a movie you know it's got
1: mm-hmm valeria galino yeah hot shots like a star (laughs) like she's been in so many movies in that period yeah and this was
0: this was still part of her peak you know she was gorgeous in this movie you know Mm -hmm. um real
1: presence yeah yeah.
0: and i just love how she says topper topper (laughs) Topper. hotly like (laughs) i said it more in like a Scottish way but anyway yeah yeah. so you know it, it, this is a tweener it's, and, and also the next one too speaking of Robert Zemeckis um, his, one of his early movies I don't know if it was his first movie but it was one of his first major films before he moved on to Back to the Future is um, Used Cars okay which was yeah first Kurt Russell proper adult role you know he, he made that transition from uh-huh. child actor he's one of the few like that didn't end up being messed up, you know, and had, like, a long career, you know. Wow. Um Yeah, so early adult role for him, you know, he, he grew up, obviously, in the uh, Disney stable, you know, he did a lot of live-action Disney movies. But, yeah, I mean, even early on, I think John Carpenter already recognized him because, like, he did, like, an Elvis TV movie with John Carpenter. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah uh so they were they were already like you know gonna be great collaborators but yeah going back to used cars it's a fun movie kind of just low stakes and feel good and then you know obviously there is this thing when you think about it that it's like why am i supporting uh why do i want these used car salesmen to win and you know like it's part of the the humor of the movie is that they're just selling crap cars where the bumper falls off as soon as you drive off. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. Jeez. And it's like, yeah, they're the worst kind of people. So <laughs> why are you rooting for one to win over the other? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So they should all lose. Um, yeah. That's so funny. uh okay, so three more of this uh, I'm just gonna rattle through them. One is uh next one is Jackals and Fireflies, which is um Charlie Kaufman's um Shot on a Samsung Galaxy phone movie. Oh. <laughs> and it's on YouTube. And it's it's terribly compressed, by the way. Talking about, like, dark scenes, like, you can just see, like, you know, the image, like, boosted the brightness. And then, you know, there's these, like, crushed spaces of, like, uh-huh. cubes, of pixelated <sighs> cubes in the dark scenes. Yeah. So it sucks. Like, I mean, you know, it, they're not selling the, the camera phone very well. <laughs> you know because like people will think oh that's the quality of the video which I'm I'm sure is probably better cuz they added like a you know like one of those lens like um yeah. modifications on it and you know so they shot it like a real camera but um but yeah it looks like crap on YouTube <laughs> because of the compression Damn. Damn. um uh but that's not really the real flaw but it. it's a wonderful movie like I really feel like um uh you know it's, it's a great New York portrait movie. Like, it really captures... Cool. It gets, like, the little details about being in New York and, like, the weird coincidences that you experience there. Like, that was great. Yeah. Um, but the problem with it is the main actor, who's actually, like, a poet, she's, like, reading her poetry as the voiceover, and it's awful. It's, oh, like, God. really excruciatingly bad poetry. Like, you know, everybody's crazy about Rupi Kaur. And, man, I... I i'm sorry to say this but like people who like her like i instantly like make judgments about them Uh. (laughs) you know it's just like do you even read poetry it's just like Mm. this is not poetry this is somebody's like scribbles on like a napkin (laughs) yeah like it's just really awful stuff and that i think whoever this is this poet her performance is actually okay but it's just because it's her poem like it couldn't the Ava HD is yeah she, is, is yeah that's her the person okay yeah yeah so um and I don't even know like maybe she might have like pronouns sorry cancel me um <laughs> but, yeah um but yeah like uh, um it's just yeah I I almost was wondering like did if Kaufman wrote this like how did he was he trying to imitate like an awful poet you know like he's trying mm. to make fun of it or something like that's what I was where my mind was going to because i was just like he can't write something this deliberately awful like it's just his genius would still kind of shine through and then when i learned that yeah this actress is actually a poet and that it's one of her poems i was like okay that makes more sense you know Mm. so it's a it's a very crippling flaw for an excellent movie you know i i guess again you know maybe i can just watch it with the sound off you know, right. I just put on my own score and then watch it again.
1: Yeah, I could see you let re- like this being a total Carlo movie where it's yeah. like you're, you're hanging out in New York, you're seeing all the sights. Yeah,
0: and then, yeah, that's there's a, a sp-
1: so, so, so that's a bummer that it didn't, it didn't land. Yeah,
0: it, it gets the sensual details right, you know, so yeah, yeah, cool. All right, and then, uh, last two, uh, I've, I saw First Strike for the first time, oh. <laughs> Jackie Chan's First Strike, as yeah, it's okay. also known. The, and, this came out, this is one of the
1: later ones, right? Like in the yeah, 90s? it was like his yeah. first
0: bidding for an English language movie. Uh, yeah, um, that, that,
1: that, that sometimes gets tough.
0: Right, and it's kind of like a James Bond movie. He's doing like mm. James Bond. But, you know, what What it's memorable for is the ladder fight. You know, like it's one of his most iconic oh, right. fights. Like uh, fight. Yeah, through the stepladder. It's just like incredible what he does. And then obviously, uh, the, I mean, one of the best parts of Jackie movies is the the outtakes and you know you see how much he fucks up like sliding right. through the the steps like getting the you know the ladder like hitting himself in the head with it accidentally You yeah. <laughs> know, when oh he's doing God. like he does like this flip with it and it ends up hitting his head oh, like you God. know it's just man like what he puts himself through and yeah there's a lot of of stunts in this where you just think like oh he he could have died like <laughs> you know yeah. uh, even just like jumping into an ice cold lake Wearing only a shirt, like in right. pants, It's just
1: like man.
0: Yeah, man,
1: but, he uh, he's one of a kind. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, amazing. We're, we're
0: gonna miss him when he's gone. And uh, I know, right? Yeah. He's
1: is he still? Yeah, what? Yeah, like, but is I he mean, still you know, doing stuff.
0: Well, his most recent relevant thing was like you know, contacting Michelle yo and saying you're welcome. Remember? Oh, because he yeah. said that he passed on the role <laughs> for everything <Real>. everywhere once <laughs> so she yeah. could get it. It was just that's funny because she tells the story and that makes it even funnier that yeah. she said, like, he, he you know, he texted her or something to see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good. that's the most recent thing. Like, you know, because obviously he's he's in a weird place now where he's not really doing comedies. Like, his last one was, like, I think The Foreigner or something like that. And it was, like, a more right. serious movie. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, obviously he's doing a lot of, like, producing and whatnot now yeah it's, and then also probably um, for the best
0: yeah he's fallen out of favor with um the public especially like chinese public because oh, sure of, you know his support for the government so yeah yeah and he oh he oh his last work that was really awful was uh he did that pandemic song do you remember that
1: <gasps> oh my god yeah <laughs> i think i do
0: yeah it's about like keeping strong and staying at home and kind of shit it oh. was so bad
1: yeah. oh my god uh Company
0: i mean it's man. not it, yeah it's not worse yeah. than gal gadot's uh, imagined, imagine but it, it's it's getting there it's it's, it's near that level it's yeah.
1: it's up there man yeah. yeah it's uh yeah you know not everyone can 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 be perfect you know yeah, you, right no one is and we, yeah, we got it but we we can still c- celebrate what's what's great about jackie sure. and if there are some some yeah miss off screen stuff some, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> right we'll just say that yeah yeah cool.
0: um yeah my last one that's kind of mid is uh suzumi which is uh i keep blanking on the director's name but maybe i also this subconsciously it's just i don't want to remember his name <laughs> Uh, anime Mako- Makoto Shinkai. Yeah, so he makes like really innovative, visually brilliant, um, uh, anime movies, and like um, you know he he sets himself apart from, uh, from you know the studio Ghibli. Even though like I feel um, Isao Takahara does like innovative stuff visually, like none of his movies look the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know he's incorporating CGI. And they're really like spectacular effects uh-huh. that he's he's doing in that medium. It's like he he thinks in a large scale. Like the last movie I really? saw of his was um Weathering With You. And that my problem again was the music. Like it was just bogged down in J pop and it really yeah. like drowned out the movie. Thanks. Um but with this one with um Suzume, like it's actually really good. Like I enjoyed it for probably like the first hour or so or maybe first uh-huh. hour and a half <laughs> i want to say it's it's two hours and 10 minutes uh, which okay. uh weirdly enough is the time that we're at on our <laughs> recording like a weird coincidence Whoa. i just noticed um in yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um uh so it's super long and like it has like a climax and it should have ended at that climax but then it goes on for another hour you know, it should have been an hour and a half, but then it ends up being two two and a half hours. Yeah, actually, yeah. sorry, yeah, it's closer to two and a half. So, um, so yeah, it's just uh, that that was it. It was just the major flaw. But otherwise, it was really enjoyable. It's an original movie. Like, I mean, I like also how nuanced the villain isn't it? Like, the cool. villain is like simultaneously like evil but also very cute. Like, oh, cool. you know, it's kawaii. So, um, so yeah, it it was enjoyable and it's good to watch it like with loud sound. Like I saw it at a Dolby theater, so you know, yeah, um, it really worked for that. But yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's lacking that thing. Yeah, if it was uh, an hour shorter, it would have been great. Man. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's yeah. So that's God. Every movie just it's like it must be so hard for them to get it down to ninety minutes. Yeah, like, you really fall in love with some sequences or whatever it is. Right. Because it seems like a lot of movies just want to go to 10 to 240, whatever it is. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, I can't hang in there for for a lot of them.
0: Yeah, it's just so weird because those times also like when I just make it three hours, you know, that's always how I feel. Sure. Like, you know, like it just extend the time more because yeah, it's just such a weird thing of being two and a half hours, you know, mm even though yeah some great ones manage it though like you know obviously boogie nights is two and a half hours perfect mm-hmm. um yeah um, what is it um 2001 you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah all right so let's get to the main <laughs> main entrees and you should go steve because i've just been talking okay. for the past oh, few minutes okay so sure just all my right. picks so yeah
1: yeah so th- this is one um, I don't really have a lot to talk to, uh, but I'm curious if you've seen it. Um, it was one, it was on Amanda's top 10. It's called after sun.
0: Oh uh, no, I saw it. Yeah.
1: I saw this on an airplane on my flight back home from L, from SoCal last mm-hmm. trip. And man, Carlo, spoiler alert. Uh, I was crying on this oh, airplane. Wow. Yeah. The emotions got unlocked. Yeah, because it's about a dad
0: and her, his daughter, right? So
1: yeah, it's it's an it's a really cute movie that is like it's about a daughter remembering her dad. Wow! And it's just it captures a nostalgic vibe. It captures like what it's like to think about you know like think about like a, a vacation you took with with uh, a you know your mom or your dad. Right. You know when you were young and just like trying to remember that you remember sequences and you kind of maybe have exaggerated some of the memories in your mind just cause you can't quite remember it. And it's, and then at the end it kind of culminates with this. Um, it's amazing um, scene that, that I think it's a first time director too. Let's yeah. See, Charlotte Wells. Sh- yeah, Charlotte Wells. Yeah. Yeah. It culminates with this amazing scene where, the, the, the daughter is both watching home footage. I guess this is kind of a spoiler. Uh, she's watching home footage of the this vacation while she's an adult. And then it's cutting back to her, her memories of being in there with her dad. And you get a sense that, like, she misses her dad and you don't know what happened. And right. so it's just, like, it's just it's left in your memory. It's just like, oh, I wonder what happened. And you kind of have to piece it together in your mind. And I think there's no right answer. Yep. But man, it's powerful. And I'm sitting there, aisle oh, seat, man. just like wiping away <laughs> the tears. Just like yeah. it's,
0: You're more visible in the aisle. People can see you from yeah. like yeah, way down when they're walking to the restroom. Yeah. And there's a
1: bunch of <laughs> Totally. And, and there was a bunch of people behind me who I it, Kind of like LA kind of dudes like mm-hmm. I, I got a sense that they were like on their first flight. A lot of them looked looked very nervous and were like white knuckling, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so they were like you know just like str- eyes straight ahead watching whatever. And I'm sitting there watching this like emotional you know yeah. <laughs> film that like not a lot of people that I know like have heard unless you're you listened to Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, After Sun is awesome. Like that was. Again, I think that's one of those save it like you know you, you kind of have yeah. to be in the mood. But man, it really it really uh, hit a chord and it Charlotte Wells nailed what it's like to remember someone who's not around anymore. It's like really man. cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: you're really selling selling me on it, Steve. I cool. Because, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the Save It For Later, that's what I was going to say. I did try to watch it because, you know, I was, it was one yeah. of the big releases of last year. So I was, mm. was going to see if it was going to make my list. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just one of those things where I think we were getting closer to recording the show too. So, yeah. like, I was really pressed for time. And when I yeah. popped it in, I was just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not – this isn't the time, you know, and yeah. and I think that was part of my revelation that I was like, I need to stop just doing like a best of the year of current year, yeah. you know, That's like a good if, call. Good yeah. call man. yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, who knows, like maybe when I, I do feel like I'm in that mood, it might yeah. make it on this year's list. Yeah, You know, because yeah, because I will
1: say like some movies you can watch in chunks, you know, Mm -hmm. like 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 you can watch a John Wick in chunks and right and and, and still kind of get it. But I will say I think you did the right move because this is a movie where it's like you do kind of have to watch all the slow stuff in the first 30 minutes to kind of pay off the you know, you're developing a connection to these people that then gets paid off if you if you get to the end. You know, what I mean, yeah. So it says it it is one of those kind of rides where it's like you want to watch it in a fell swoop. Yeah, yeah. Next time, time it's like a perfect airplane film. Yeah, but
0: just (laughs) the way you just described it, like, yeah, that's totally my jam. You know, like that idea of memory and like experiencing it in different layers, like, you know, and it's funny because that's also a theme with, um, uh, with Richard Linklater. You know, but right. his one, yeah. he he prefers to just talk about it like his characters talk about it. But you don't really, you know, get like that visual interpretation the way that you just described, you know, like he could have done some really interesting things with um, boyhood that way, you know. Um, but yeah. I don't think he really capitalized on it. But yeah, man, I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it. I know like uh, former guest Kay from uh, Over the Garden Wall. Oh episode yeah. she's a big fan of this like her review on letterbox is so effusive like she cool. she says like something along the lines of like this is the reason why i love cinema you know or right. you know like this is why we watch movies to get that experience yeah and it's it's
1: kind of like uh hey it's it's a little bit of a reminder of um, uh, hey you can make something powerful and keep it in like a keep it short keep it tight keep it simple mm-hmm. you know and just be just be really Creative with the the way you do it and the and, and the directing and the editing and the writing and the acting. Um, it's just like, it's just a good reminder that this is still possible. Like, people, yeah. like, it, it gave me a lot of hope that, like, hey, there's still some freaking dope movies b- being made and it doesn't have to be all explosions and fight scenes, you know? Oh,
0: that's amazing. I'm glad it's yeah. cool, dude. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it and then I'll report back.
1: Yeah. I know it's like it's one of those things where now where it's like it's been hyped it's been hyped and so it's like yeah. kind of need need it to kind of die down,
0: you know, like right. relax a little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm going to do another bundle. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Since I've been doing this a lot um just so you know, it's like we can get through it a lot quicker and also, you the know, Carlo they're, they're kind of kind of yeah. somehow related, I guess. All right. So, uh the the first one of my main entrees is um I actually rewatched them to compare it to John Wick 4 because, you know, there was all that hype yeah. of, um, uh, uh, you know, his greatest action movie ever made. Yeah. And I was like, even in recent memory, I can think of two, and they were both sequels, and that's uh, The Raid 2 and SPL 2. Yeah. So I rewatched both of them, and, man, I had a fucking fantastic time. <laughs> just, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I had The Raid 2 next as, like, my next entree. Oh, sweet.
0: All right, so you want to talk about it? yeah let's get into it so yeah so what do you got on on it well i hadn't seen it since it came out like i saw it in the theater and you know i was already hyped because i don't think raid the first raid got like a big release so i caught up with that on on blu-ray uh but you know after i caught up with it it was like man you know you had to see the second one in the theater um so I, i went to see it and was just like blown away you know i mean i i knew the story was so like preposterous and ridiculous but the action just made made up for it like you know the the first raid is a more solid movie but it doesn't you know take the risks that the second one does you know and that actually elevates it above because you know for me the first raid is the safe pick you know but this one because it goes there like it really takes it to extremes and like you know there's a point where basically it, it doesn't let up like no. there's just one like incredible fight after another and you know it still has that main flaw this is one thing that i will say about the movie that you know the bo- the final boss confrontation is unremarkable mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's fairly forgettable other than seeing like a shotgun blast <laughs> you know <Right>. but, <laughs> uh, to the <laughs> face but uh, other than that like you know it really dies down after the CESEP fight you know that's the climax of the movie is him mm-hmm. fighting the second the henchman? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. But yes, yeah, so yeah. many memorable fights. I mean, yeah, uh,
1: that the henchmen are the best parts. Yeah. yeah the, if, the
0: the the are they brother and sister? The yeah, one who's uh, blind and the then, um, the hammer girl. Yeah, the hammer girl and then the the baseball bat guy. Yeah, the who's, baseball like, bat so guy. So fucking annoying. Like the whole thing of like he he hits you with the ball and then he asks you to like throw it to him yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah oh yeah i didn't even like say my rant earlier on the sports thing I, i'll just say it real quick about the mlb yep. why i have no faith in them is because the the houston astros won this the world series again after cheating yeah. like that's just a yeah. fucking disgrace yeah. but anyway <laughs> a weird segue with, with yeah. baseball but yeah he was so annoying i was so satisfying yeah to see him die <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah the sesep fight is just like you know and uh tying into john wick there's like there's even like that uh tribute to it because it's like the the respect that they pay each other you know before they fight you know kind of thing and like it's an honor mm-hmm. to fight mm-hmm. this person yeah you know like yeah just yeah that's an all timer that that main fight in the kitchen is just yeah.
1: yeah love it so other, yeah
0: was this your first time seeing it
1: yeah i i had waited on, on this one wow. I missed it and then it just kind of went and went and went I finally got around to seeing it and yeah I kind of ag- ag- like um it's it's it's, it, it's probably been about six months since I saw it but just I, I i remember the characters and I also like that i feel like the main guy Rama who is uh eco uh how do you say his last name waste waste yeah yeah, yeah. He um I like he goes into a lot of the fights without a weapon. He yeah. just kind of <laughs> figures it out and I kind of like that style. Right. Um you know, and I feel like oh yeah so here's the one one thing I wrote down was uh what Tony jaw is to elbows and knees eco is to smashing people's heads through (laughs) against things and scraping their heads oh my
0: god yeah that's incredible he does a lot of head
1: scraping which is really funny yeah Um, uh,
0: weird aside though like you know they were in a movie together And it was called the triple threat and it was so disappointing. Like, you know, like it didn't make the most of of them.
1: I feel, I feel like that happens a lot. I remember we were really hyped maybe about 15 years ago or 20 years ago. There was a movie coming out that had Jet Li, Jackie and Jackie Chan in it. Mm. And I remember we were like so geeked and it was called, I think the forbidden kingdom. It was yeah, yeah. really bad. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's sometimes the mat, you know, the uh, mashups don't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's when big names are together. It's just hard to pull yeah. that off. But, like, you yeah. know, my other pick, which is SPL2, it has Tony Ja, it has um, uh, Max Zhang and um, Jackie Wu. And the other two names aren't household names the way Tony Jai is, but they're pretty big stars themselves, you know? I mean, uh, Max Zhang was actually, funnily enough, because of the way he moves, he's, like, so balletic. Like, he was mm-hmm. um, uh, Zhang Ziyi's stunt double in... Um, fighting double in uh, in crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah oh, nice you yeah. know and then jackie Wu is also like legendary action star in hong kong and but yeah they're not really that well known and i love that it's a sequel that's like in spirit only like you know jackie woo is in both films but he's like playing a different guy and so is simon yam like oh, you God. know they're both in the, the first movie but they're playing different characters um so, yeah, I, I like that idea uh, of just, like, it's it's yeah. it's two, but it's not really, like, there's no connection between the stories. So you can start with this. And, like, yeah, the thing with this that I like, that it's actually better than the raid, too, because it actually sticks to landing. You know, the final Ooh. boss fight is incredible. because These three stars, you know, you were mentioning Tony Jaws like, you know, knees and elbows. Like, uh, Jackie Wu and um, uh, Max Zhang also have their own unique fighting styles. Nice. You know, Jackie Wu is more kind of like the jack of all trades. Like he draws from different styles. There's also like a comedic aspect to him. But uh, Max Zhang, mm-hmm. just like the the grace of the way he fights, is amazing. And he's like the most menacing of the three. You know, I mean, he is the bad guy. So the fight that all three of them have as the finale is just brilliant.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool. And, so, and
1: what's the movie called?
0: SPL Two. Okay, cool. Um, that stands for Sha Po Lang. The other alternate title is Kill Zone Two. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, one, I'm, I'm it's okay, it's cool. incredible. Yeah, you. I think you'll have a good time, Steve. Okay, so, Kill Zone Two. Yeah, That's and as, this one up. Yeah, so that wasn't that was just two movies. There's actually two more in this uh this bundle. So, bundle. Yeah, because I'll just be quick. So the other one I actually just saw last night and really enjoyed. It was um a short film uh by Athena. Singari, I think, is how her last name. Athena Rachel Singari. So she's like, she's in along the lines of um, Yorgos Lanthimos. She's produced some of his movies, and but she's kind of considered to be lesser than him. Like she hasn't really made anything that people consider to be a masterpiece. Um, but I think she's also a very adequate filmmaker, and I think this is one of her best movies. Like it's, it's a short film, and it's like this surreal, almost like no dialogue film very sexy as well mm-hmm. and I think it's like it I mean from what I could glean from it it's like about a coven and like how your your lifetime as a witch is like uh you know related to like your your youth and your beauty and how like when that fades away like they have no more use for you uh-huh. Um. so yeah so it's like set in this like witch academy or something <laughs> and it's all these young gorgeous women I mean the main like witch is actually um uh, Ariana Labed who's uh, in all of Yorgos Lanthimos' movies who's uh, you know his, also his wife. Um, so yeah she's great. I can't remember the rest of the cast but yeah it was just a really enjoyable short film and it felt longer than 35 minutes um but like that's actually a compliment to it. it's not that it felt like it was going slow. it has its own pace but like it, it, they really packed a lot into that 35 so right. yeah and then the last one in this bundle is um Wild Tales. Uh, which is such a fun and entertaining movie. It, yeah. I mean, I think I'll already spoil it. This is on my list of, of my favorites of the year so far, even though it is from 2014. <laughs> but, you know, I'm okay. not following chronology anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was so enjoyable because I'm a big fan of, um, Roald Dahl's like Tales of the Unexpected. You know, mm-hmm. it's his short stories that like have a little twist at the end that they're all usually like macabre. Mm-hmm. Um, So this is, like, the Argentinian version of that, and it's just so enjoyable. Like, every ending of the short stories, like, if you see it, Steve, like, I I challenge you to predict how they end because they're so, like, yeah, it it, it, it ends up in a place that you wouldn't expect it. You know, I mean, that's a cliche thing, but yeah. Is it kind of like, like Black Mirror in a way? Um, yeah, there, like, there is it, some it aspect. It takes
1: but you on a real journey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah but the, the less focus on technology. Because, right, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it. although even though, yeah, some of the stories it does figure in, especially like, I guess, the final one. Um, but, yeah, my favorite one is the Road Rage Incident episode like it just escalates to like just God. absolute ridiculousness and yeah it's uh it's amazing because you know this seems like this movie would have been a hit you know but like yeah. we haven't heard from the director he hasn't done anything since this so it's been almost 10 years so okay. yeah it's weird but I-, I heard he's got some projects on the burner and like there's something that he's actually working with like a famous uh hollywood actress on so oh yeah maybe he just couldn't get oh, anything cool. off the ground but yeah that's my first bundle is is, is this one available anywhere
1: it's stream yeah um,
0: it, it does sound cool uh, i don't know but uh i can okay. i can point you in the right direction okay <laughs> awesome nice yeah yeah um all right. all right so what's what's your next one steve okay here we go let's go back uh, my
1: next entree okay oh we did the raid so right. I, i'm actually into my d- desserts at this point
0: oh <laughs> um, wow um yeah. well i guess mine are uh, yeah i guess mine are too like i basically you know uh, and there's that reserved tier of carlos canon on top of that but like okay, these cool. last few are my desserts as well you can have okay. them as okay. A, okay, they, awesome. yeah, they actually right. are in a separate so, tier okay okay excellent
1: so my first diver- uh dessert is a 78 minute romp it was easy to watch it's nice. a fun watch it's shiva baby oh um, that was
0: 78 minutes holy shit
1: yeah, oh, I gotta watch this. Flies, and um, I guess it's similar in a way to like uh, all all my friends hate me. Mm. Just that um, it's both a comedy, but you can also view it as a horror. It's so tense. It's a yeah. it's a, a lot of like tense situations for Rachel S- S- Sin- Sennett. Yeah, who's yeah. also
0: in uh, Brilliant in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The podcaster. <laughs> Yeah, she's great in, in in this movie. Obviously, I think she's been celebrated for it for the performances. Yeah. Um, and you just like watching her wiggle around and kind of figure it out and figure out all these tough spots that she's in. She's a she's a a young girl, but she's also sugaring on the side. Mm. Hence, hence, sh- but then, but they're at a shiva, which I, I guess yeah. is like a a memorial. Um, so hence shiva baby not sugar baby Mm. and um oh okay yeah and it's uh it's just fun and i really like the mom it's kind of a window into jewish american culture you know if you have any Mm. jewish friends it's kind of like um feels really like oh yeah like i've seen this aspect i'm curious what the view is
0: like from a jewish perspective yeah um (laughs) this is a funny thing too it's like uh i guess the borderline racist thing for me is that whenever i see that in a movie i'm always curious what my jewish friends think about it, but right. I never asked them because it's like that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, you're just asking me because I'm Jewish, right? It's like, you know, a black person being asked the same thing, yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah that's always the thing. Like, you know, when I saw th- and the this is the movie that it gets compared to a lot because of like the tension and it was like it's set in a short period of time and like all these things have to happen. Uh, and it's like high stress is uh uncut gems, mm-hmm. you know, and that's also a very Jewish movie, you know. Uh-huh. Um, sure. yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, yeah, even Fablemans, I was curious to ask my Jewish friends right. what they thought about it because it is a very Jewish movie. You know, they yeah, definitely highlight yeah, that.
1: I, f- I feel like it's a tension point in the culture right now, but mm. I feel like we should be able to get back to like, you know, being able to ask your friend, you know, your friend knows you, your friend knows you. Yeah, you might be asking from like a, a an ignorant place, but it's not from a hateful place. You sure, know? It's like yeah. It's, it's from a, and, I mean, a curious place, yeah. Yeah.
0: And conversely with me, like I wouldn't get offended if somebody asked me about like a Filipino movie or something or like what I thought yeah. about it just because I'm exactly. Filipino, you know. It's like it, Yeah. It's fine, you know, they they wanna get like some sort of reference point that's like rooted yeah. in that culture. You know,
1: or like or like an added perspective or detail
0: that they hadn't thought of. Absolutely. Yeah. That uh,
1: it's, you know, they're really just like, you know, when you ask a question like that, you're you're really vulnerable. Mm. And so it's a really you're really left to the uh, kind of the the judgment of Mm. the person you're asking, whether, you know, they'll, you know, you know, smite you or or. right take that vulnerability and be like oh yeah i got you you know yeah
0: yeah so yeah Yeah. it's definitely a a a tricky line to toe you know but like um i almost feel like uh because i'm i'm familiar with it firsthand too of just like jewish american culture even jewish british culture i think they're they're not that different you know um, I've had friends where you know I, I I've stayed with them for like extended periods of time, so like I I really got immersed in that culture for a bit when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, like from what I get from them and just my experience with them is, um, uh, yeah, it's it's fairly accurate, and even they say it that you know it's like a lot of the portrayals of them by other Jewish people are are fairly accurate, you mm. know, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, another very Jewish movie a coming of age movie last year too which I didn't like was um, Armageddon Time the, that also focuses on it a lot yeah. um, alright so uh, yeah I never really intended this it was more I guess out of practicality as we were going along but I actually have quite a few bundles <laughs> like That's they're cool. all just like triple features quadruple <laughs> features you know uh, and the other ones didn't weren't associated thematically this is this, this has actually like a through line um, which is that they're all of the boxing lineage, and two of them are actually directly connected, which is you know, obviously Rocky and Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Creed 3 came out in the theater, so I, I figured oh, I, I should catch up with the previous two before watching this one. Mm. Um, and uh but then I was also like big blind spot for me, and you know, I've been doing my Stallone retrospective, like I've never seen any rocky movies. So I was like, "Yeah, I should Whoa. go back." So I watched Rocky, the original Rocky, for the first time. Dude, what was that like? Because obviously, you know,
1: it's 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 been memed into existence. It's been <laughs> yeah. referenced and referenced, right. even referenced.
0: in Creed. <laughs> you know, you see Stallone statue on the steps, you know? yeah, or <laughs> Rocky statue, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. What
1: was it like to go back and watch it? Like, did did it still work? I um. Know?
0: It's all right. I mean, you know, it yeah. is what it is. It's like, it's a movie of its time, you know, uh, yeah. like uh, I, I still prefer a lot of Wolf. montages, right? Right. Well, not really. There's a couple of training stuff where he's punching the meat and then, you know, okay. obviously the jog. And it's it's funny, too. Like, I love how it builds it up. Like, they were definitely forward thinking because they knew that that was such an iconic scene. Then they probably didn't know it was going to be clipped to eternity and everything. Yeah. But like, um uh they build it up in the right way because the first time he goes for a jog, he actually runs out of breath. So he can't do the you know <laughs> the yeah. steps all the way. And it's brilliant. Like that was played like pitch perfect, you know, because oh, you're awesome. expecting the... Dun- 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 yeah. <laughs> and he does the thing. But no, it doesn't get to that. Like it's, a yeah, the first time he fails, you know, and it's brilliant for that. And, you know, it's that classic underdog, but like I'd always been like Team Raging Bull for boxing you know movies you know it was just like i to me it was just the ultimate boxing movie at that point i was just mm-hmm. like yeah i don't think i'll see anything that will be better than this and you know i was just saying how cinematic boxing is and you know that, that is one of the things i will say about creed 3 it's you know um michael b jordan's directorial debut so he's doing things that are more interesting than the previous two directors because you know it's a different director for each one yeah. Um. Even though I, I still think actually the first one is Ryan Coogler's best movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Like>, oh. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Black Panther and um, uh, Fruitvale Station, but I think Creed is his best. <laughs> mm. Um. And whatever Altor project he's gonna do next. Um. But yeah. So he 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 takes some risks. You know. Like the 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 finale fight takes place in Dodger Stadium, and there's like a surreal aspect to it, which I really liked. You know, and then he he picks like the right period music. You know, the opening, um, like track that like uh Jonathan Majors and you know talking about like somebody whose star was ascending and then just suddenly like, f- you know, crash landed. Um, you know, he he gives yeah. a good performance, but his younger version of him is listening to this Doctor Dre track to begin the movie, and it's from 2001. So yeah, it's it's brilliant. Like he he gets the period of L.A. right. You know, I mean, you know, Michael B. Jordan's actually from Santa Ana in Orange okay. County. Yeah, he grew up, or he, I guess he was born there. I, I don't know if he grew up there, but um, but yeah. So he gets the L.A. flavor right in the movie, and you know, he he, he does some things with boxing too. Like he 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 admitted he was like inspired by anime. So mm-hmm. like, there's certain shots in it that are like straight out of like frames of anime, which is mm-hmm. you know fun. So yeah, it was a fun theater experience but completely forgettable. I feel like all the Creed movies are just disposable. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, none of them really stick. And it's a shame because the second one really had an opportunity to build something. Like, if they had actually gone with the second one with um, uh, going the Co- Cobra Kai route where it really sided with Drago, Drago and, you know, his son, mm. you know, it yeah. kind of does you know, a little bit, but they don't they're still the enemy at the end of it. Yeah, You know, like, I wish it was done through their perspective more and, like, less of Creed. Like, that would have been such a, like, radical thing to do. Like, make Creed, like, the enemy, the villain, and then he's actually only a side character in the second one and to make characters Drago and his son. (laughs) Totally. You know, that would have been, yeah, made it great. But anyway, the the third part of this uh, boxing through line that I have is actually a rewatch. And the whole thing is, you know, when I'm doing Carlos Cannon, I'm only doing, like, first-time match uh, watches on that. So my rewatches mm-hmm. of, like... I have a whole backlog of of Carlos Canon that are not, like, you know, first-time watches. So I mean I don't know if we should create a, a whole new section for that when it's just a re-watch of a favorite. So it's uh, Tokyo Fist by Shinya Tsukamoto, okay. which is actually what I consider to be the best boxing movie.
1: <laughs> like, you know, Ooh. Raging
0: Bull is great and everything, and I was saying it was the ultimate boxing movie, but then when I saw this and then it's just grown over time like it's just a completely like hyperkinetic insane like boxing movie or like a, a crazy man's like perspective on boxing <laughs> which is that it's monstrous and that you know you have like a relentless score running through it and it, the beauty of it it's an eight, a sweet 87 minutes oh. and it packs so much in that runtime and, like, I remember, too, this was really, I guess, the gateway for me of, like, getting into these, like, uh, extreme Japanese movies. Because, you know, Sukamoto was on the forefront of this. Like, you know, his, his Tetsuo movie was really that. Like, it really tapped into, like, the dark psyche of, um you know, the the most materialistic Japanese uh, generation up to that point. That, you know, grew up with, like, the kaiju. And, and that's actually the name of his production company, by the way. It's Kaiju Theater. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, which is incredible to see. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, like, and anime and toys and all these material things that they, you know, they were raised on arcade games, you know, that kind of thing. So he taps into the dark psyche of that, um, with the Tetsuo movie, and yeah, this was still he at his peak, and I think it's his masterpiece. Like, it just really is incredible. He also plays the lead guy, by the way. He he's also like a one man band he, he composes the music he's the cameraman he's just oh does everything God. yeah like he's 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 a true like auteur like he has full control over everything and he has like one of the most distinctive styles like you know you just you know immediately you're watching a sukamoto movie like it's just yeah awesome. he, he he he's one of the greats you know awesome so
1: I- has, is this a movie that Jacob has seen? I know he's a. He's I'm curious to too,
0: actually. Uh, yeah, because I, I, we haven't talked about it. I mean, uh, I'd be yeah. happy to have him back for that, just to like get yeah. into it. If he, if he's never seen it, like even better, you know, to yeah. get his first impressions on record. So, right, cool. Um, I would love,
1: to, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it and, and get his perspective on it. That yeah, sounds dope. Yeah, that'd I be great.
0: It. All right, cool, dude. All right, perfect. So, what's your next dessert, Steve? All right. So my
1: next dessert, the souvenir. Oh, wow. Yeah, baby. I finally got around to it. This is Amazing. another Carlo favorite. This is Absolutely. a total Carlo film. Yeah. And man, I really liked the souvenir. Super captivating film, multi-levels, you know, right the I whole mean. the the way that she just sets it up and knocks him down. Mm. Um I don't know. I kind of like the way that Julie's kind of hanging out with her friends at the, in the beginning, that's kind of how, like, I imagine you and your crew of friends, like, you know, like (laughs) in the early, you know, whatever it was that you were hanging out with your New York movie friends and kind of chopping it up. Just kind of like, I I just like that, that vibe of like an artist in the apartment with with their friends. And, um, I don't know. It's just really, really, it's like soothing and comforting. Right and by man, by the end, you're just like really like in love with Julie. you're really like yeah. rooting for her like the whole thing, even though it's like a crazy story, yeah, for suit souvenir, and you're just like you don't understand her um you don't maybe you don't maybe understand her uh motivations, but also, there's something realistic in the fact that you don't understand like it like if her motivations for hanging out with her boyfriend were like a little clearer. It would be a little less interesting.
0: I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, that that's what Joanna Hogg does so well. She's just such a great, subtle filmmaker. Yeah. You know, it, it's just there, there's new things you can discover with these movies. I think both of these movies, too, I saw in the theater twice. Like, yeah. I actually went back and, and saw them because I, I just enjoyed them so much. And, like, I feel like part two was even more affecting the second time around, you know, because I already knew where it was going, but, like, at the same time, like, those beats that it hits like oh, yeah part two is awesome yeah and yeah. so yeah part two is my last
1: uh dessert oh um, okay that's it i, su- I thought you had su- more yeah. no yeah oh, no, no. okay su- yeah souvenir part two dude it's um it's just like you you get to see julie happy mm. you're like rooting for her the whole time yeah yeah you just get really connected to honor honor uh, yeah, burn yeah who's, who's actually burn
0: Tilda Swinton's real life daughter, and they play mother daughter in the movie.
1: Yeah, I've I, I just haven't had that that feeling in a while, where it's like you're hanging out with a specific with one specific actor for a long period of time. You're just like there with them and liking what they're up to and rooting right. for them, and it's really it's really sweet and then her family is like really cute <laughs> you know yeah.
0: like yeah the dad's kind of like the hobbyist type of dude yeah like to- keeps out yeah. of like issues and shit like he doesn't want to talk about that stuff it's yeah. so
1: awesome it's just so real there's that whole scene in part two i think where i think julie spills something oh or like yeah br- yeah no it was like something
0: yeah it was um an urn that like um, that,
1: the, that the mom made a ceramic class yeah, yeah. And,
0: it, and they were just talking about like how long ago it was and I mean that that's just like I, I don't think Tilda Swinton gets enough recognition for her roles in this movie because it's just it's so yeah. well she's not on the screen for very long but when she is she makes it count because yeah. the whole thing she just really downplays it for Julie like, you know, she's yeah. just saying, no, it's fine. You know, it's OK. Like, we can get another one or I can make another one. You know, <laughs> she's just. Yeah. But obviously, it was like something that was so important to her. And she's probably devastated inside, but she doesn't want to affect her daughter. So she kind of downplays it for her. Yeah. You know, really. And, cool. Yeah, it's really brilliant. And I mean, you know, there's just so many things. This is like a a, a turning point, I think, in, in Joanna Hogg's uh, filmmaking. I mean, not necessarily her career because it's, like, even though she's got, like, the A24 machine behind her, mm-hmm. like, there's not much support for this because it's not a horror movie. <laughs> right. You know, it's not the typical A24 fare, you know. There's nothing memeable about the souvenir, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just,
1: like, but the endings are so good. The ending oh, of part so one. so powerful, yeah. When, when she walks out and you see the landscape that you've been seeing earlier in the mm-hmm. film, and then in two when you you know you kind of I, I think the last shot it's like it's like a, the apartment she's back in the apartment with her friends and then it was sh- but then it pulls out and it's like it's being shot uh, in a studio and you yeah. and then you hear cut uh, yeah and, and, and you just remember that it's oh yeah it's a film within a film within a film just that just right. that whole
0: yeah that they were shooting in the same studio that the her movie was being shot in basically Right, it was all yeah. one it's actually like an airplane hangar you know and then they yeah. showed the door how it's mm-hmm. open and that's like some one of the most like incredible images from the movie totally
1: yeah but, and it's just it, it just takes a lot of it's a movie that calls for a lot of reflection after which I always uh, really yeah. like you know start like right. thinking about it and um, you know, you, 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 know you, you start googling okay what else has Honor been in and you, you want to like you, <laughs> I know it's like you want to follow her and then it really helps me because I saw Eternal Daughter before I saw right. the souvenirs Yeah, so it's strange, and,
0: yeah, because of the chronology.
1: And so now yeah. I kind of get, oh, this is why Amanda right. had it at her number one and you had it, I think, in your top five. Yeah. It's because it's like you've been hanging out with these people. Yeah. And then – the eternal daughter is really sad that it's like it's like damn right
0: and yeah and that's what i was wondering too because um when you saw it like i asked that question on the show was just um does it still carry weight for somebody who hasn't seen the previous souvenir movies because it's all part of it you know i mean you could say that they're a trilogy even though yeah i feel like eternal daughter is more Kind of like a side story in a weird way, even though it concludes things, you kind of find out what happens, uh, you know. After I definitely,
1: I definitely, and I think I said in that app, I really Mm. enjoyed the Eternal Daughter even without Mm. seeing the the souvenirs. But now I'm like, oh, like it would, it really would freaking hit. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, I I get it.
0: Just tying in with A24 again, you know, I'm just so disappointed because they only released it in theaters, you know, in New York and L.A. And that was mm-hmm. it. Like, it never got played near me. So I never got to see it in the theater. And I, I feel like it should have been a proper theater experience, you know? Yeah. Um, cool. So it's a shame. But, yeah, like, I, just going back to the souvenir, I just wanted to say why it's yeah. so pivotal in, in Joanna Hogg. Because it's, like, her first time shooting on film. Mm. So, yeah, all her previous films were shot digitally. And she makes incredible use of digital images, by the way. Especially um, Archipelago, like, looks incredible in mm. digital. And um you know uh, she Scorsese became a fan of hers and or Scorsese that's actually how he pronounces it so I think that's the proper way but I don't think he yeah. minds. but anyway yeah. he he's now actually a producer so he he produced these last few movies for her you know like that's how much of a fan of Joanna Hogg he is you know that he's willing to produce her films yeah um so she really believes in in her and uh, yeah so she, Yeah, and she can pretty much get any movie that she wants made uh, now. Like, she has a lot more leeway. But, yeah, that's just it. A24, I don't think, is valuing her stuff enough, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Joanna Hogg. Yeah, man. Souvenir movies. Solid. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, really Um, good movies. So... I guess I can bundle like my well, you don't have any more, right? <laughs> so You know what? Like I am looking at my list. I do have one more that I okay. can
1: squeeze in. All that, right. That that would be like the coffee the coffee that you have Okay, on the way yeah, out. yeah, yeah.
0: Right. The um what is that? The justif, <laughs> <A> mint. It's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a mint. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um yeah these three are actually for me are like bundled together anyway because they're like rewatches and mm. they all kind of Affected me in a different way from what I originally saw them as so like the first one is the aviator uh, Martin Scorsese and you know there's all this hype about killers of the flower moon you know everybody's like oh man it's finally finished because you know it was supposed to come out last year and you know the the other thing that I saw in the big announcement it goes wide on my birthday on October Mm -hmm. 20th. So that's yeah. going to be my birthday movie for sure. Shout out. Um and then there was this whole this fuss about the running time. Like originally it was like reported that it was going to be 4 hours long and then now they've kind of settled at the uh, time of um uh 3 hours and 26 minutes and it's actually <laughs> shorter than Irishman. Um, okay, good. Good. Yeah, uh, and you know it, it's going to play at Cannes and then people are like, you know, going crazy because the only image from the movie is still the same after all this time it's kind of like the whale where they were like mm-hmm. you right. know <laughs> is that the only image yeah. of the movie is just the, su- the the semi-profile of, of brendan Fraser. so it's this photo of leonardo dicaprio and he's looking very jaundice and like staring up and like very bony and he you know um lily gladstone is sitting next to him and like just staring at him while he's staring upward and people are just going crazy cuz that's the only image that we have of the movie there's no trailer yet and all that but the hype is real you know everybody's like psyched yeah, for yeah. for this movie um uh but yeah so i went back to an early leo collab that he did and i think it was their second go around and it, i actually i thought after gangs of new york they would never work together again just hearing the stories of the production but you know i think he's now done more movies with leo than he has with a uh, Robert De Niro so what? yeah they're yeah. wow yeah so their collaboration has been far more you know like um lucrative I guess wow. <laughs> um so yeah this was the second movie they made and I just remember thinking like it was okay when I saw it but you know this whole thing of like we've been talking about like saving things for later mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it in in the sense of um sometimes i do i did feel especially when i was younger that there were movies that i just wasn't old enough to comprehend even though i was like in the eyes of the law an adult you know but it's just you have to experience a little more to really like for certain things to resonate for me especially like those movies that are like targeted for adults like you know Mm -hmm. going back to the singles like that's another movie that's hard to relate to if you're a teen you know, yeah. like, you need to be a young adult to really understand it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, I, I feel like Deviator was that movie. The only thing that resonated with me when my first go-around was that... And I missed this in the theater for some reason. I'm like, man, it's a Scorsese movie. It's an event. I should have seen it in the theater. But somehow I only caught up on it on DVD. So that also might have affected my my viewing of it. Um, But yeah, the only... Part that really resonated with me is um I have the same habit as Howard Hughes does that the uh, Leo <laughs> portrays and it's not one of the crazier ones like pissing into coke bottles or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or picking at my skin and like washing my hands several times you know over and <laughs> over until it bleeds. Yeah. Um no the the thing that he does is he says things like over and over again like I have that condition. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I tend yeah. to like repeat things over and over. I've driven like many of my Past girlfriends crazy, and they'll probably list that as one of the things why they broke up with me. Sure, is <laughs> because i just kept on saying things over and over again. Especially when it's like another line that really resonates with me is in Elf when he's like Francisco. Yeah, that's good to I say. Love that scene. Yeah. yeah. So that that's I think his one in the movie in in Aviator is more like a compulsive like damage thing. Whereas mine is just, like, I really enjoy the sound of how some, certain things sound. So I say sure. it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, man, I really related to that with the Aviator. Totally. And, and now, you know, like, 20 years later, watching it again, man, like, uh, yeah, it, it just resonated with me even more. You know, I guess the other thing that it didn't... I took me out of it was just how episodic it was when I first saw it. You know, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just moving on like it's an end then and then this. And you know, it is based on Howard Hughes's life, so it's like focusing on moments of it, but it mm-hmm. just felt like it didn't have like a a good through line the same way like, you know, Goodfellas did, you know? Where right. that's also based on a real person, but you know, he created a narrative. And I think even um Wolf of Wall Street later on has that that through line as well. Whereas um yeah um uh, Aviator just feels like it's chunks of yeah. Howard Hughes' life, you know, that we're seeing um with no connection to the next thing. Uh but I enjoyed it as it was, you know, um now being older, you know, like realizing totally. like yeah, there's this one sequence that I don't think gets enough love which is when he he first visits the um Catherine Hepburn's like uh estate in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh and she me- he meets the family and I think it's like over Thanksgiving and then like he he pushes back on them because like he's it's funny, like, Howard Hughes is, like, the opposite of Jordan Belfort. Like, that's also what I like, that there's a difference between the two billionaire uh, roles that um, uh, that um, Leo's playing, you know, and, you know, almost a decade in between the two of them. Um, of, like, he, the way Howard Hughes is more, he's also from humble beginnings, but, like, he never forgot that in a way. You know, it was just, like, he had a bigger playground unlike Jordan Belfort, who is also from humble beginnings, but, like, he's he gets obnoxious and arrogant about it, so that's the whole confrontation. Because you know the Hepburns are basically like royalty, like you know they they have generational wealth. So when he pushes back on them, you know, and it's just like one of the most awkward like dinner scenes ever filmed. I think, just like the tension is an all time high, and you mm. know he you know the I think like one of the the aunts like makes a on a of like you know we don't um. You know, we money's no object to us or something like that. And then and then um Howard Hughes pushes back and says, Well, that's easy for you to say because you have it. You know? And it's just Might like drop. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was an early role for um uh Kate Blanchett. She plays Catherine Hepburn and she's mm-hmm. she's so over the top. Like, and she won an Oscar for this. This was her first Oscar. And, you know, this yeah. is why, <laughs> the thing I'm not really a believer in in Kate Blanchett, even though I love her as a person. She's like really yeah. charming and she has done some good performances. But this is just her like fully like acting in quotes, you know, right. like you see yeah, yeah. it like all the way. Um, but yeah, I just appreciated more and I think yeah, it's it's definitely I think up there for me in terms of Scorsese's. Like I, I can see myself like rewatching it again. I mean, you know, the sequence everybody talks about, whether no matter how you feel about the movie, the plane crash scene is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, just a brilliant shooting by Scorsese, you know, it's like he's he's at the top of his game there. Yeah. Um but yeah, I enjoyed it. So it it's it kind of has moved into Carlos Canon in a way, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a song. Those yeah. There we go. And it's That's funny. Uh, yeah, this is work. Uh, that was yeah, that was a loud canon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it ties into my my last few choices because you know these are rewatches of older Carlos Canon pre movie food. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other two are um, basically um Five Obstructions and oh. Two Lane Blacktop. Oh. And Oh man, like Five Obstructions has always been like a favorite of mine, and I revisit it often, um, like yeah. at least once a once a year. Um, but like, yeah, somehow this viewing was completely different from the previous ones, where it just really resonated with me. Like, I, I guess maybe because I am getting older, and it's about like challenging somebody creatively who may have like been stagnant, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant, you know. Like, and it it just goes to show to, like Jorgen Leth, the filmmaker who Lars von Trier is challenging. Like he has his his tools and like he has his set ways that you can recognize a Jorgen Leth movie. And I've seen other movies he's made uh, uh, since then, and like I can just tell he has like the signature about them. And you you know Jorgen Leth because you saw him in Clown, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know he yeah he's he plays Jorgen. He's the one who takes the the beak. Um, yeah. What do yep. they call it? Big, big tweak. <laughs> the big tweak. Yeah. yeah. He takes it because he didn't read the book either. And That's then, so um funny. and then, yeah, he's the one who introduces the idea to to Frank of the, you can, you have to give her a pearl necklace, which makes it even yeah. funnier. Cause he's like this elder statesman director and he's telling oh, like this really dirty piece of advice. Um, but yeah, yeah he's funny. just like, he's, he's an, a really incredible talent. I don't know why he's not, recognized as like a a master living filmmaker because he really is like he's just on like and I mean you know the movie talks about like how he was depressed for a while but it doesn't matter even if he's depressed he's making something incredible out of it you know um that's awesome yeah so yeah that that, that's the beauty of it it's the game and ship and it inspired me so much that I actually went to my computer and started editing (laughs) <laughs> after Yay. watching it like it was i mean you know I've, i have been editing now but like that pushed me even further and like you know you yeah. actually inspired other ideas so awesome. um i feel so, like
1: yeah. has has the five obstructions has it kind of become a meme or like has 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 there been other five obstructions like used in other films or other avenues or is this the only five obstructions
0: it's the only one um yeah if if it's a meme it's fairly niche i'm i can imagine like it was probably memed in denmark you know they probably made fun of it Uh, i don't even know maybe um what is it because actually they shared the studio with the clown guys because uh clown is produced by zentropa which is um uh, lars von Trier studio so there's that connection and actually there's even an episode of the clown tv show that lars von trier wrote like so yeah could you
1: see like more five obstructions like other people challenging people to do things
0: yeah tying into scorsese that was like the whole like uh thing that they made the big deal of that uh, lars von trier was supposed to challenge scorsese to remake taxi driver Mm. but yeah that's dead in the water now like it was rumored for a long time but like paul schrader finally confirmed it i was like that's never gonna happen like (laughs) and you know marty's too busy like scamming all these streaming services You know, (laughs) that's the other beautiful thing about like his recent output that he keeps moving from one streaming service to another and then making his passion project yeah um Uh, but yeah, like the five obstructions is as far as I know, the, the only one. And it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: I think, I think what I'm thinking of is there's a radio show. I used to listen to in LA called the Petros and money show. Mm. And so it's like sports talk. And one of the guys, Matt money Smith, he, uh, he's the voice of the chargers. And whenever the chargers were like in the playoffs, Petros would give him five, would give him like obstructions, which Mm. was basically like challenges, like for whatever town the chargers were going to, like say they're going to Baltimore. Yeah. Matt would have to like do these five things in the town, you know, like, (laughs) like drink a natty bow or, you know, know, things that were like Baltimore centric or Mm. whatever, whatever town it is. Yeah. So it was like they were using it as like a, as like a fun bit. Like, okay, I'm going to give you these five challenges
0: yeah, Yeah, I mean, plan. yeah, they, it's possible that they were inspired by it, even though, it, yeah, it's not them, like, it's more challenges than, like, you remaking your own movie. Exactly. Because, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what yeah. the five of the structures is. And, you know, it actually works for this format because, um, and that, that that was always going to be the problem with Taxi Driver because it's a feature-length film. Like, to remake it five times would, like, cost so much money. But the, yeah. the, the Jorgen Leth film is, like, this short film. It's a 13-minute film called The Perfect Human. So it's easy to, to remake that again, you know, in 13 minutes. And, <laughs> oh, wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah, and then I, I don't think they're even, like, the same length. Like, that wasn't one of the challenges. It's, right. like, um, it, it's just whatever Von Trier says is, like, you have cool. to remake it as, like, you know, uh, a stop motion movie or an animated movie, you know, that kind of thing. That's um, funny. That's awesome. But, I got to see yeah. this. Cool. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, the only thing that I would say is that I wish they would release like an extended edition, which actually shows you the the full remakes, because you only get like clips from it, which is kind mm-hmm. of disappointing. I wish you could see the full remakes, all five of them. Um, but yeah, that's a that's definitely a old timey Carlos canon, and I think it's even like gone up in esteem since I, I've added it. And then the, yeah, the last old Carlos Cannon rewatch is, um, uh, Tulane Blacktop, which is also like a perennial, uh, thing that I just put on and, um, yeah. How to describe it. It's basically like an existential, like road trip where these two young guys like get challenged by, um, by a guy who's driving a GTO and that's his name is GTO and it played by Warren Oates brilliantly. And like, he challenges them to a race and um it's for pink slips but then the race kind of gets forgotten and that's the whole existential part of it <laughs> it's like are they still racing at one point and then it has like just an incredible like oblivion ending you know oh. where yeah it's like one of those things that it, it really works more in theater you know in the cinema to uh-huh. see that ending like it just it it doesn't quite translate when you're watching it at home oh, um but yeah i would always heard about this ending the ending was legendary that's what i knew the movie about but then i realized oh what leads up to that is also brilliant you know if you're you're into something that's like it's a it's a very like languid and laid back kind of racing movie strangely enough but yeah it's basically and the cast too is incredible and a lot of them like this is their only role like james taylor
1: that's crazy yeah he plays the driver
0: yeah, and he's brilliant in this, and I, I hate James Taylor's music. Like, I can't really stand Whoa, that's it. that's yeah. a Scott take. Yeah, hey. I'm not. I'm not a fan of of James. <laughs> I that's do like amazing. his his record covers though, especially um, "Sweet Baby James." That's a great cover. Yeah. And then he, he's another. One, he's another one which is like, I'm I'm around here or something like that. And that's when he was like starting to lose his hair, so his his, mm-hmm. his hairline had really receded, but that's he's still nice. like good looking, you know. Cool. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, Monty Hellman, the director, just made incredible use of his his presence in the movie. Like. Yeah. It's just he he rarely talks, and I love this like whole thing of like basically GTO talks too much. You know, he's just like talking people's ear off. You know. Um. He picks up hitchhikers along the way, and he's just like he does all the talking. Um. And then. Um. Uh. So. The, but the the motif with like the driver and the mechanic who's played by Dennis Wilson you know the drummer of the Beach Boys mm-hmm. um, there's certain parts where they don't talk so when the driver is driving he never says anything and then when um, the mechanic is working on the car he he's also like silent you know okay. so there, there's that ongoing thing so it has that feel and then there's just this weird thing about the you know with Lori Bird playing the girl and like how she like had just a strange Hollywood career and she dated Monty Hellman. And there's they actually made a movie, he made a movie like years later about it. And uh, I think that ended up being his last film, uh, Road to Nowhere. So mm-hmm. it's all about like him falling in love with Lori Bird and he made it into a movie. Wow. Um, played by uh, uh, somebody who's like, Where is she now? Cause she was great. Uh, Sh- Shannon Sossaman. Is that her, how you pronounce her name?
1: Yeah, you've mentioned Sossaman before. Yeah, yeah, she's
0: she was a star. Like I, I can't believe like she was in that um, Lenny Kravitz video. She was in Mick Jagger video, and then yeah, she was mm-hmm. in Forty Days, Forty Nights, and absolutely gorgeous with the uh, Josh Hartnett. Um, so yeah, she should have been a bigger star. But anyway, going back to Tulane Blacktop, it's just to me, it's just like five stars, like bona fide masterpiece. But it's also like. It's not for everyone. <laughs> it's it's an acquired taste. Okay. You cool. know, but I, I fucking loved it. So.
2: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Carla.
1: So you had one more. Oh sure. Yeah. Th- this is just, just like a little mint. Um. This was a movie. I think you you wanted you you were just curious like what I thought of it. Oh okay. Um. Only lovers left alive.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. I, I rewatched part of it recently too.
1: Yeah, this one was a little bit of a sleepy one for, yeah, for me, sure. but it's it's um the way I, the way it felt like it felt like watching heroin addicts um but <laughs> well, but vampires. that we're having <laughs> that we're having cooler conversations. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: It's definitely like Jim Jarmusch trying to get his fandom out of his system. Yeah. You know? Oh. Yeah, and also I mean, you know, it's also about him and his 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 partner, who he's been with forever, but I don't know if they ever got married, him and uh, Sarah Driver. Oh, so okay. it's cool. it's the first of two films that kind of are about their relationship. Right. Um, so it's that one, and then um, the other one, which I think he does so much better, is um, Patterson. Well, maybe that's yeah. less about their relationship directly, because you know, I don't think Sarah Driver is anything like... Um, uh what's her name the uh actress laura patterson yeah, yeah a gold shifty farani she's one of my favorites yeah. um but yeah like it definitely like i guess the better times uh, of them and like i guess maybe it's like a reimagining of who he would be if he just had a nine to five <laughs> he would be a poet who drives a bus right <laughs> um, yeah so there are some personal aspects it but yeah. Yeah.
1: Only lovers left alive. Just like seeing seeing them as vampires. Like it. It's. It was like really cool for like the first twenty minutes. But then yeah. going two hours was a little bit like, all right. I think. I think I've seen right. enough. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I. think
0: for me the the big flaw is actually that it starts to try to have a plot towards the end, and I'm like, well, you didn't need this. Like I would have been fine if it was yeah. just a hangout movie. Yeah. That's you know? what
1: it wanted to be. Was like I want to see these people in first in you know they're in detroit and then mm. they're like in Tangier, Rome or, Tangier. Tangier. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so they're like in these cool spots but they're you know
0: still trying to get blood and mm. you know, and they're doing in it band. in a in a, like a victimless way of like yeah. not having to bite people like just getting it illegally like under the table from like yeah exactly. hospitals and yeah. shit yeah <laughs> which it's is funny. better because it's like cleaner blood and all that yeah yeah that's <laughs> so. yeah, cool um yeah. yeah yeah I I guess also yeah my when I tried rewatching I mean I fell asleep you know uh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it 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 just made Patterson I think resonate more for me because yeah. Jim Jarmusch was kind of in that mode so like Jim totally. Jarmusch I mean Patterson felt like it was he was like invested and engaged whereas yeah only lovers left alive is kind of a lazy movie. <laughs> I'll just say it. You know? Yeah. Even though totally. a great soundtrack, like you know, composed mm-hmm. by Jim Jarmusch and uh, uh, yeah, his band. What is it, Squirrel and uh, Joseph Van Wissem. Yeah. Just incredible mm-hmm. soundtrack. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we'll say like Patterson keeps growing on me. It's one of those most, mm-hmm.
1: like my, my my initial watch. I remember I was a little non plus on it because I thought it I thought it was going to be a, a different thing. Mm-hmm. I kept waiting for the hat to drop. Right now that I kind of get it. I, and I really think fondly back on Patterson.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah I mean, it also kind of has that flaw that I mentioned with, with only lovers of the, it tries to kind of have a plot towards the end when it's just like beautiful in its own kind of like yeah. drifting way, Yeah, you know? but exactly. the, but it's more forgivable in Patterson. And yeah, yeah for I mean, sure. that was just like talk about Carlos cannon. That was instant canon And yeah. like, <laughs> totally. I, yeah, I guess I've told this story before. how I, you know, I watched it four times in the theater when it was Amazing. out, so, yeah. <laughs> um, J- just yeah. to be sure, you yeah. <laughs> and I was sure, yeah. By the fourth cool. time, I was just All like, right. yeah. All right. So I guess this is my last, and yeah, the, the, those were like rewatched Carlos Cannon, but this is like the new, like first, like okay. watched, like my nominees for okay. for entries, and you know, this might be also like what makes them eligible for um, uh, the um the bracket challenge for cool. next year. Okay, um,
1: let's let's make it official. One second. Are
2: those
0: All right, cool. here we go. So I got 3 or technically 4, but one is like <laughs> a short fil- <laughs> a short film paired with a feature. So yeah, I'll get that one okay. out of the way first. That's uh, Godard. So. And uh he actually made these two like I think you know within a year of each other. Um, and that uh, his feature is um Eloge de, Am- de l'amour. I don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly i should be better at this because i'm learning french and the uh the the short film is the lorgin the uh uh, uh, well 21st century so origins of the 21st century i'm not even gonna try anymore um and the other one is uh in praise of love and you know this was him kind of entering you know the new millennium the second century because you know he pretty much like was there i mean he was born in i think the 30s and then um uh you know with the new wave like a tail end of the 50s you know he's he's been around for a while like he's had a long career and you know in praise of love basically shows that he still has it you know like as an old man i think he was in his 70s at this point Mm. um and yeah it's still a radical film like you know it it took me a while to really warm to these type of goddard films because you know I was of that, like, popular opinion of, like, his best movies were the ones he made in, you know, in the 60s. -hmm. And, you know, there's that weird political period in the 70s, and nobody ever champions those for some reason. (laughs) But for me, like, the sweet spot now, and I used to laugh at these movies, like, I thought they were just so ridiculous, um, is his movies from 1980 onward, you know? Like, uh, he kind of, yeah, he had this rebirth And completely changed his style, you know, of making films. And he he was even going around, like, you know, I mentioned this too before the the legendary um, Dick Cavett appearance he makes. Where, um, yeah, yeah, he's promoting this movie, um, Every Man for Himself, which is incredible. And um, he's basically saying um, that, uh, like, uh, this is his his, uh, second first movie. You know, <laughs> that's how he was saying it. And it's true. Like it really felt like a young guy, like starting out again, you know, and he developed this style that's very fragmented. A lot of like weird things happen and it doesn't really make sense like story wise. And a lot of characters don't seem to be like responding to each other emotionally You know, even though he does Mm -hmm. have moments of tenderness, but they seem to be like just speaking their lines, (laughs) which is kind of, you know, backhanded compliment. But the way he does it, like nobody does it better than Godard because whatever they're saying too, it, it's got like philosophical content in it, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But yeah, it's it's easy to like laugh at it and kind of just, you know, not take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is humor in these movies, too. They're actually very funny. You know, there's, like, a lot of slapstick stuff and jokey stuff and, you know, just the fact that the characters are behaving the way that they are. And, mm. I mean, this is, like, um, uh, I guess his biggest influence on me is, like, he really allowed me to think in ways of, of character not being beholden to, like, biography, you know, mm. which is that basically, like, you know, everybody has this whole thing and it's even a discussion you'll have with your actors is what was this character's past? You know, and then that's what yeah. Godard got known for. It wasn't his movies in the sixties; it was really these movies in the eighties onwards, where it's like the characters really didn't have a past. Like sometimes they just existed in that space of the movie, and that's fine. Yeah, like they're only yeah. like a character, and right. you kind of like realizing that, like, um, you know, is that is actually like, yeah, that that helps with getting more on board with his wavelength because you know he obviously was just. Um, he, he thought on another level, like there's a Julie Delpy story he, uh, she told about like how she was reading a book and then he was like, can I have a look at that? And then he just like dipped into random pages, like he started in the back and then, you know, and that's just how he processes things. And the movies have that feel like it it follows his like mind, like his, uh, his stream of consciousness, you know? So, um, yeah, and the the short film is still in that style, um, the um, origins of the 21st century. But what's crazy about it is that he picks, like, really disturbing imagery, but it's, like, filtered through his thing. He has this thing where he kind of vignettes the scenes and he kind of lets them go through some process where it looks degraded. Like, he really had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun with video, but it also helps his like all his video stuff, like, look consistent. Uh, like right. you you can tell what a godard frame is on video is you know especially because he uses like the most primitive like title thing like it's those digital things that are just imposed over the image you know um yeah. like yeah. old old video- home videos um so yeah he he does that so it's it's instantly recognizable but he picks like these really disturbing images like it's like golden shower stuff and like you know Jeez. some some holocaust imagery like and yeah this is like what he thinks is like the origins of the 21st century you know and obviously i guess it, it's true you know world war 2 really did shape how things are even today we still feel like the reverberations of that you know um but yeah it's all found footage i don't think he shot like original footage for it but yeah it's it's an incredible short and it's like you just can't forget it so awesome yeah so that's, that's the, that's the pair.
1: of the 21st century yeah.
0: yeah and in praise of love which i didn't even comment that much on it was more like what was around it but yeah it's an incredible black and white movie like the black and white on it is just like yeah it's very inspiring it made me want to like shoot in black and white you know but godard always does that he inspires me not only to like make a movie but he also inspires me to write like letterbox reviews <laughs> like all totally. my godard viewings always have like uh you know, um, an inspired like uh, review from nice. it. So yeah, um, yeah. Just, uh, I Just I actually I, yeah. I feel like I've gained a lot of followers on Letterbox because of my Godard reviews. Like that's one of the things that I'm known oh, for. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Um, yeah. So those two Goodard pairings. Okay. Uh, so I have two more. This is it. And then here we go. <laughs> the finish line. Final stretch. Okay. So this is my fi- now my favorite Marvel movie oh okay it's kind of a cheat because it's not actually mcu (laughs) it's one of the times when marvel was still kind of in between studios and the mcu hadn't started just yet or no actually it did but like it was still like not as unified like yeah this was actually in the middle of it i I completely forgot yeah this i think actually came after avengers the first avengers movie um but, yeah, I'm talking about, like, the Marvel Lights label, which only did two movies, and one of them is fantastic. I haven't seen the other one yet. It's Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance okay, with Nick Ghost Cage. Rider. Oh, that one. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. second Ghost Rider movie. It's not the first one. Okay. And I haven't seen the, the first one, and I don't really plan to, but the, the main attraction for me of watching the second one was because it's directed by Neville Dean Taylor. Um, who are the the guys who are most famous for the Crank movies, mm-hmm. you know? And so this is them, like with the big studio money to play with, you know. But oh, uh, yeah, uh, it's a really enjoyable movie, and it does things that Marvel, the MCU, would never do. Like Disney Marvel would never like show Ghost go, uh, Ghost Rider like pissing flames, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it has like so like really <laughs> memorable imagery like that. You know, and because I I, I really believe in in Neville Dean Taylor, like they're they're just really talented. Like their movies are so enjoyable, even though, you know, some people accuse them of like having kind of a a leery side to it. And obviously, like the violence is very gratuitous. Mm -hmm. Um, I only have one more movie of theirs that I haven't seen um, that I I need to get on uh, soon Um, because, yeah, every single one has been like a winner. I mean, they only really made four movies. This was their last movie that they made together and they kind of went their own ways um I, I don't know I, I get them confused on their solo work but I, I definitely know one of them worked again with um with Nick Cage and Selma Blair it's called like mom and dad and that was a fun movie yeah and the other thing about Neville Dean Taylor movies they are always under 90 minutes like they they move at a clip and they're so inventive like you know talking about action like they do it so well like two crank movies are brilliant and you know they're also mm-hmm. digitally shot but yeah, I guess this was the end of them because it was just um yeah, it was very compromised. Like I think there was an idea initially that they were floating that it it should be an R-rated Marvel movie, which you know, eventually Deadpool did and it became like the most successful one. Yeah. Um but uh I think Sony got cold feet, so they they compromised on it. Um Yeah, and I'm sure there were even more notes because it was such a big studio movie for them, so they, you know, but like, the Crank movies and Gamer. Like, I, I've seen clips from Gamer, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really curious. And people say that Gamer is, like, their masterpiece. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely get on. But, yeah, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, a lot of fun. Like, it, it's the most enjoyable Marvel movie in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. All right. So, here we go. The grand finale. The the Ooh, cherry hey. on top. The final icing um, mm. of... Uh, our our massive banquet, <laughs> a full Man, plate I'm of everything. This oh, is good. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We still stuck to our um, to our usual lengths as well. Uh, um, that's what that, yeah, hey, so, we 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 over deliver. Yeah, can absolutely. Say? And um, this one actually, it funnily enough, has a connection with one of your picks, um, or two of mm. your picks because, uh, it's it's Joanna Hogg's latest movie, and it's a short okay. film. Uh, I know she's working oh. on something else now that's featured, but, like, this is something she came out... This is, like, the fastest turnaround for a movie to be in Carlos Cannon. Like, she filmed this in February and, yeah, basically released it recently. It's on YouTube. And, oh, And, yeah, it's incredible. It's called, uh, uh, presage's French. Yeah, Prisages. Yeah, presage. I think it's French. Pris- and, um... Love it. Yeah, it's just basically her like being in LA um and kind of just being alienated and it's her own voiceover. And I think, yeah, obviously she shot it. Like it looks like it was just shot with her could have been with her phone or just like a small camera. Um, but it's brilliant. It's like this short diary film of her experience and kind of just feeling displaced. And, you know, she obviously okay. is just a really smart individual, so it reflects on like how her creative mind goes you know and it gives you a sense of that and then there's also like a haunting ghostly aspect of it too you know in LA like um, she stays in a hotel in downtown and then it's like there's a part where she's like in a corridor where nobody passes through like you know and it's like the front entrance it's always just empty you know mm. it's those types of things and then like she questions the ethics of, and she ultimately doesn't do it like um, of filming homeless people you know because you just can't avoid it but then you know she just like has this internal debate about filming oh, cool. homeless people um, yeah but it's brilliant it's like, I think it's only like 8 minutes <laughs> it's yeah. on YouTube I I think so yeah I think that's where I saw it uh, yeah or something streaming okay. but yeah like it was it, cool. I, I didn't pay for it like it was free
2: Yeah, I forgot where where it was streaming yeah
0: maybe it cool. might have been one of those ones uh, like I don't know if you know this streaming service called um, Le Cinema Club uh no. Oh, okay. they're they're great streaming services. It's free. That's number one. Okay. And then there's no ads, like you know, on like the other ones, because that's not their goal. They're not to be. you know. They're right. <laughs> they're not trying to make money off that way or like a, what's IMDb's one, Amazon's one, a so freebie. You know, right. these ads are really annoying. By the way, like they yeah, they really ruin the flow of of all the movies. I just don't even bother with them unless it's like super rare. That's the only way that I'll I'll try and and go through the ads but um the cinema club is great because it they only show a movie for a week it's free to stream for one week and they only show one movie that's it there's no other movie so there's no queue you don't have to like fret about choice like this is it this is the one movie so it's like specially curated like this one film for one week and they've shown like a lot of rare shit like it's incredible i think like um a couple of weeks ago, uh, I actually retweeted it on our Movie Food um, Twitter. Uh, they showed uh, Trust by Hal Hartley, mm. uh, which is, yeah, uh, another Carlos canon, you know, just yeah. one of my all time favorites. So, you know, they'll, they'll show something like that. So I might have seen it on it Cause, yeah, that's the other thing I love that they, they treat short films and feature films equally. So they'll have a okay. short film play for an entire week and it won't be paired with a feature. It's just on mm-hmm. its own. You know, which is incredible. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to, to Le Cinema Club. Like, really yeah. great streaming service. So, it, But, yeah, I'm not sure if they, they showed it. But I just know that it's part of the same program that, like, um, it's, like, a bunch of commissioned films by the Pompidou Center in France. Cool. That's why it has a French title, even though it's shot in L.A. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think I found it on the Pompidou Center. Oh, website. there you go. Yeah, Yeah,
0: so there you go, and yeah, and it has French subtitles. And yeah, the other film I think I had mentioned before that I'd seen that was under the same uh, commission was uh, Richard Linklater's um, uh, Another Day at the Office, which is also fantastic. You know, Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my final. uh, Yeah, Carlos Cannon, and definitely like I think, um, yeah, it's it's one of the 2023 movies of this year, and I think it's gonna be on my list. At the Sweet. end of the year, yeah. Pre-sizes. That's a good.
1: That's a good one to end on. We're hell yeah. We're, we're the Joanna Hogg show of record at this point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we should form like a, a podcast alliance, you know, because like zebras is also like a big. Oh hell yeah, Joanna Hog. Um, zebras,
1: zebras. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get you back on there to chop it up. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, all right, baby, let's bring this thing home. Uh, oh, actually, no. Okay, I have like a mini game. Like, oh, like, okay. I I, I don't want to call it the game, but I came across like a piece of trivia that I thought this was a, this would be something I think Carlo would enjoy. Okay. So Let's do it. so it's a so it's it's not officially the game. Okay. Um. So I I heard this. Uh, in 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 the year 1988. Okay. So you know, think back. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three movies that featured a steamroller death. yeah um now i don't know so do they come to mind for you oh one
0: for sure because i mean that made such an impression on me as a kid um it's a who framed roger rabbit
1: correct okay (laughs) um so the other two are um yeah so Steamroller Deaths, there's something comedic about it. So these yeah. other two are also kind of comedies. Can you think of, like, 1988 comedies? Does that help uh, I, ring I, a bell?
0: I'm trying to remember if there was one in um, in Naked Gun, the first Naked yes. Gun movie. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and it was, like, moving so slow that yeah. he could have actually gotten out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's That's so right. good. Oh, it was like, genius. There
1: might have been like the end where it's like the guy falls off of the stadium and then he gets right. walked over yeah. walked over by all these things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who um, was the villain in the first one? I, I'm blanking on it.
1: Is it Gu- was it Goulet?
0: Ah uh, no, he's no. the second oh, no. one.
1: It's uh Montabon.
0: Oh, yes. Recording. Yeah. yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's I awesome. mean, Goulet was the best thing about the second one, but yeah. Yeah, like, Goulet I, is the best. It, it's the most unremarkable and forgettable yeah. <laughs> of the two. Yeah. Of the three. You, yeah. <laughs>
1: you called this a bust? Well, yes, it's very <laughs> impressive, but uh, I have some work <laughs> to do.
0: Oh, incredible. Oh, uh, still so have so these stitches. So
1: the last steamroller death was in a fish called Wanda, apparently. I kind of oh, don't shit. remember that one. Yeah, clearly, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: the, the gag that I remember visually the most is the cat getting squished. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but that wasn't the steamroller because that was the house falling on or the, the yeah. hotel or whatever it was. The I think, foundation I think, fell on the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I but,
1: think, yeah, it might it might have been Kevin Klein who gets hit by the steamroller. I oh, forget. shit. Okay. Yeah, but, I need um, to re-
0: watch that again. I haven't seen it in a long time, and, yeah. but I remember just finding it so yeah. funny yeah and i'm a but big just, fan of those guys you know um, yeah for sure
1: yeah. all of them yeah but it's, just, it's just kind of funny that like th- there was something in the water in 1987 and 88 where the three steamroller deaths got <laughs> written
0: written into things at the same time yeah that, bizarre collective right. unconscious because yeah they were all yeah. probably shooting them at the same time they had no exactly. idea exactly yeah
1: like wow so yeah some there's like a PA who was on one who was like, you guys got to put one of these in in, in this movie. <laughs> I mean, that's not uh, an arbitrary decision. You have to, like, get a steamroller yeah. and then have the effect of the person getting I mean, crushed. Well, maybe that's what it is. They had a steamroller. I wonder if they were all at the same <laughs> studio and they had a steamroller on set or something. Yeah. Oh,
0: shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I mean, um, Naked Gun is obviously paramount. What was um? Fish who Framed Roger Rabbit? I think I um a uh, fish called Wanda was also on Paramount. Oh my god. Uh, I'm not certain. But what a, is is who framed Roger Rabbit like Universal? All right, I'm going to go to the I think I, I got to go to
1: the wiki. Let's see okay. if we have the studio. Uh production companies uh Tombstone Silver Oh no, it, it's <laughs> Disney.
0: <laughs> it's it, it's Touchstone. Yeah, that was um yeah. Disney's like Disney. adult yeah. Uh, okay, Okay, but, yeah, they, right. you know, they, they tend to share studios, you know, like, that's the whole thing mm-hmm. with, like, going on the Universal Studios tour that you see that, you know, not necessarily their productions also rent, you know, the back lot and shoot stuff yeah. there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they could have just been on the same back lot. Pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, that's some great piece of trivia, Steve. Yeah. There, there you go.
1: That, That is classic movie food Wow! leave you with a little a little mint at the end of this this appetizer buffet the yeah. spring cleaning it was kind of yeah. like uh like imagining like if we if we if we're backed up with movies it was like it was almost <laughs> like like a plug of psyllium husk was just like rushed through like our memories and just like cleared right. it all out
0: yeah and it's my favorite episode to do because yeah I, I i don't have that many notes like i'm i'm drawing basically from memory uh, That's good, you know, yeah. I'm more riffing on on these type of episodes compared to like the ones where, yeah, we focus on one movie. I have my notes, you know. It's like a whole oh, yeah. thing. I've I've done research and oh yeah, you know, formulated yeah. my thoughts. These are just like yeah. whatever I was thinking at the moment. That was it exactly. <laughs> about that movie. So, cool. yeah.
1: well, we will be having a couple of of our more standard app coming up soon. Also, some atypical apps. So yeah, season two is off and running. I'm, I'm yeah, I, good about I love
0: it. that we're we're being radical about our structure and and changing it up. Yeah, so for sure, yeah, let's change it up. Hell yeah! But
1: um, but it, so as you know, we have a Twitter. If you want to follow the show, you go to at Movie Food Pod. Carlos' Twitter at Carlo Kino with two K's. Read all of Carlos' great reviews on letterbox at astrofish f-i-s-c-h support the show help us out come on yeah we're uh we're on patreon patreon.com slash movie food you can follow me at uh at pit hits on youtube or at steve positron on twitter And that is
0: it. Yes. Uh, Thank you again. Um, And also, yeah, I want to thank actually some of our newer uh, mutual (laughs) follows on on Twitter. Uh, And yeah, if if this leads you to, um, you know, listening to us, it's great. You know, so shout out to you guys, especially I want to shout out actually specifically Charity Schmidt. Um, she's been liking every <laughs> post that we do <laughs> oh tight. yeah so she's like our loyal fan it's like that uh, that vine meme of like you know Man. the those people when you're on top of the building and there's only three fans she's one of them and we love Man. you that's yeah. like, in a way it's like you know this is like a movie club you know right
1: we've started a movie club thank you for for being a part of it and um you know yeah every you know every, every ounce of support helps at this point so thank you yeah thank you <laughs> ready that i guess i guess uh well until next time all right see ya see ya